Before Prose is a comedy fiction podcast, and as such, nothing we say should be taken seriously. All prompts are audience-generated, and as accordingly, all criticism for story quality lies solely with them. (laughs) (laughs) Wow, good thing our lawyers told us to do that. Also, this show is in no way suitable for kids. That's not me being a narc. That's just me saying that if there are any kids listening to this, you're super cool or lit or whatever the fuck you little morons are saying now. It's probably like Cleman or something like that. So well done. You're, you're Cleman. 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 The new word all the, all the kids are using. Damn. I listened to Bros Before Pros to get all the hottest new fucking language. Dude, I was listening to Bros Before Pros before it was Cleman. Mm. <laughs> Cleman <laughs> What the fuck does that I just made it up right. Oh no, no, no Definitely I'm... legit what they're saying Welcome to Bros yeah, Before Pros Pod The co- comedy fiction show with two prompts Three stories and infinite laughs I'm one of your hosts, Rich Masters And with me as always are Josh Henderson Yo And, and Jeff Pennington Greetings <laughs> I, I imagined you doing a little bow, of course, mm. with a hand flourish. As Sweeping everyone knows, I'm the British one on the podcast. <laughs> oh shit! There's, it's spreading. I mean, I have a fucking cup of tea right next to me, so don't right. need of course right. you do. I've got a cup of. If tea. You don't have a cup of tea. You get kicked out. And a glass of water, just in case. Oh my god! I know. Just Look. in case, I need to reheat it for my next tea. God damn it, Rich! How many countries no. have you colonized today? All right, let's put it on the table. <laughs> Uh, I couldn't possibly Cleman. Guys, that's not Cleman. Come on. We're being very uh, ducksent. <laughs> you know what this reminds me of? You ever take those tests? Maybe not in England, but uh, Jeff, do you ever take those tests where like you have to memorize a bunch of nonsense words? That oh, yeah, are good is to bad as Cleman is to yeah, ducksent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's that shit, dude. And then you read a story, and it's like Susie was cleaning all over the Duxon. It's like a fucking well, wait like a fucking... <laughs> yeah. I think we know what's going to happen in Josh's story this week. Oh, oh yeah. Uh, this episode's prompts were bards and prophecies. Uh, oh shit! Premonitions. You dumb was it? Dumb. Was it premonitions? Uh, yeah. I thought it was prophecies. All oh, right, well, it was one of those two. They mean the same thing. Well, I wrote a prophecy story, so fuck well, all you. Shit. I, I've got a premonition. These stories gonna be long. Damn. My yeah. God. <laughs> That's are, a hypothesis because right? you got data already to back it up. <laughs> oh, I thought you meant like nuts. the cat. This. Does Data tell Rich how long the stories are? Uh, yeah, definitely. Who goes guys. first? <laughs> guys? It's, uh, it's Henderson this week. Oh, shit. So get Fuck. reading, monkey! <laughs> I'll take my clothes Wait, off. Wait, slower, slower. Oh, you knew what this was. <laughs> All right. My story this week, because I totally got the prompt right... <laughs> Is called The Prophecy, not the movie starring Christopher Walken. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. Cool. (laughs) Daranos was no stranger to amazing artists. There was Winfield Crackers, (laughs) Daranos' premier squeeze box man. That man squeezed a good box. He also played a mean accordion. (laughs) 
<laughs> Damn, son, where'd you find this? <laughs> then there was Rusty Charlene. She used the blood of her enemies to paint the most beautiful landscapes, all red. And I guess green, because some weirdos have green blood in this wacky-ass place. <laughs> green blood, green butt, I always say. I knew it. I knew it. You knew it. Her vistas were so realistic, it said that the king of the region of Dilb... <laughs> oh, man. My Great uncle name. lives there. <laughs> said that the king of the region of Dilb once walked into one Looney Tunes style and actually went through the painting. When his royal guards <laughs> tried to follow, they hit the wall behind the painting, and then a harpsichord fell on their heads. <laughs> that was a closed casket affair, and the harpsichord was severely out of tune for weeks. <laughs> Fucking Dilbians. Dil- dude, Dilbians? Whoa. Totally uncleaning. Whoa. Let's, let's not get ducksent about the Dilbians. <laughs> I'm ducksent as fuck today. <laughs> but of course, not all artisans were, shall we say, talented, or good, or brushed their teeth, or knew what soap was, or didn't cause everyone to vomit in their mouths slightly at the sight, sound, smell, and or psychic whiff of their talentless, hack-ass, no-skill, waste-of-time lives. But I'm paraphrasing, of course. (laughs) Vlog Boxen was just that type of artisan. A young orc, uh, as a young orc, all he wanted to do was change his mind about what he wanted to do. (laughs) Constantly, he would pick up a new trade or skill or have some whack-ass plan to make an anus ton of gold, only to have every single one of his ventures fail harder than that time you forgot to study for math and you just picked C for every question, except it was was a math test, so it wasn't even multiple choice. (laughs) I mean, English, you could bullshit your way... your way through at least to get a D plus math don't give a fuck about your weekend plans though you will fail that shit and get grounded math is a narc god so true (laughs) fuck you math fuck math vlog now stood on stage at Darinos's toughest meanest pub the titty twister the Grawl city fathers outlawed the owners from reopening the establishment after it was found out that everyone who lost a bar fight wound up in the park barbecue but that didn't stop people from just reopening it like literally you can't stop people if they just do shit like just go out and do something nobody's gonna fucking stop you <laughs> disclaimer disclaimer disclaimer, disclaimer. Yeah, this is why the kids don't listen to this <laughs> Plus that pork that that pork barbecue was fucking amazing, even though it was some fried green tomatoes ass cannibalistic slop. <laughs> I had some. Changed my whole life. <laughs> I don't know why that's funny. Uh, Vlog's newest foray into success and happiness was playing the lute. Did Vlog practice every day for years? No. No, he didn't practice anything, especially oral hygiene, but we already went over that. <laughs> Vlog saw a bard on the street one day who was playing for buttons or whatever and thought, I could do that and get rich, even though clearly that guy was playing on the street was, in fact, not rich. (laughs) Boo! A drunk orc shouted from the back. (laughs) But I haven't even started playing yet, Vlog said with an innocent smile. The kind that instantly made people want to punch his stupid idiot face hole. (laughs) Fuck you, dork! Yelled a guy dressed as a pirate. He wasn't a pirate, though. He was just a mascot for the local orc skip-off team, the Grawl Gamblers. (laughs) Pirates gamble. Look it up. (laughs) 
I think they do. Uh, <laughs> all right, this is my first gig, so let's kick it off with a hit. <laughs> Vlog said, ignoring the tough crowd. This one's called I'm Just a Booty Boy. Parentheses, a shaky a booty's boy. <laughs> oh, shit, I love Vlog now. <laughs> Vlog began to strum the strings of the lute in the most god-awful way. The lute was out of tune. The neck was warped and the strings sounded like they were made out of leftover sink pubes of a snow yeti who just manscaped for the first time since the first age, thinking he was going to score on his date later. He did not. (laughs) But that wasn't the worst of it. Vlog then began to sing his 100% all-original lyrics. (laughs) Then I have like a, a... a, uh, what do you call it, like a Hobbit-style song refrain here. <laughs> I'm just a booty boy, so shake your booties, boys. I'm a little stinker, y'all, so shake your wooties, y'all. <laughs> what? Now I have a, a parenthesis, or a, what do you call it, asterisk. I have a footnote here. Ooh. Woody's in this instance does not mean what it does in our world, and Darano's Woody denotes a fat-butted witch. This shit is like the Silmarillion, bitch. We got fucking footnotes up in here. <laughs> Try to keep up, baby, baby. <laughs> the song continued. Why don't you come over and show me how you freak? Cause I drink unclean water from the creek. <laughs> 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 this went on for an agonizing five and a half minutes. Like, this motherfucker thought he was Freddie Mercury writing a hit that could be over five minutes. <laughs> and yes, that Freddie Mercury. He exists in Theranos because that guy's a fucking legend, and we were all lucky to have shared the same universe with him. Fuck yeah. <laughs> as, Vlog, as Vlog strummed his last dissonant chord, the crowd fell eerily silent. Holy shit, you fucking suck, dork! <laughs> Yelled the pirate guy, finally breaking the silence. The entire pub started going insane with riot-level rage. Your daddy should have pissed in your mother's birth hole and faked the jizz because I'm sure he hated every second of banging her. How could he not? Only an unholy union of loveless monsters could produce a fuck turd as pathetic as you, you fucking dork! Jesus Yelled fucking a- Christ. A fuck Yelled turd. a really old orc. Dad? Vlog said surprised. <laughs> Not anymore, Vlog's dad replied, then left and never came back just like my dad did. Except oh. I have social skills and people like me. <laughs> Too dark. <clears throat> well, I guess you guys aren't ready for that yet, Vlog said into the all talk ball. But your kids are going to love it. (laughs) No, they want you, piece of talentless shit. My kids died from the secondhand embarrassment just now by proxy. They're literally across town, and they're literally dead. My line is broken, thanks to you, yelled a nobleman. (laughs) Let's throw them in the pork barbecue, yelled a hag who had a (laughs) woody. She had a really deep voice, though. Yeah, the horde yelled, practically salivating. Let's use his finger bones as toothpicks you use to pick up those little wiener dogs at Christmas time, yelled a druid. <laughs> y- 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 yeah, the crowd said again this time, some of them not knowing what the hell he was talking about. They got Christmas here? Damn. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> Freddie Mercury, it must. Ah, makes more <laughs> sense now. More sense. 
I kind of liked it. The blob, uh, blo- wait, uh, as the crowd approached the stage, a blobbin's voice cut through the crowd. I kind of liked it, the blobbin admitted stupidly. <laughs> the roaring crowd fell silent, instantly silent again. All of them slowly turned to see the blobbin tapping his foot and singing the awful tune everyone had just orally endured. Get him! Yeah, the pirate as the crowd converged. <laughs> Looks like pork barbecue's back on the menu, boys! <laughs> I'll put that joke in every story. I don't give a fuck. I'm, I'm fine with it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'll allow it. <laughs> I'll allow it. Vlog took this chance to curtsy for the crowd, even though nobody was looking or cared, and made his way out of the pub. As he turned down an alley, he could see a gruff-looking human man leaning against a wall, smoking a pipe, and wearing a flat-brimmed hat. His face covered in the dark shadows of Grawl, so dark they looked wet. I know I certainly (laughs) (laughs) I forgot I wrote that. (laughs) You the lad who just played the titty twister, (laughs) said the man with his head still tilted down. Oh, yes, that was me, Vlog said. You wish for an autograph? Oh, boy, my first fan. You want all all see photo, too? <laughs> Vlog struggled to get his eyeball out of his pantaloons. Shit, son, hell no, said the stranger. <laughs> you were truly terrible in there tonight. Sounded like a dog in heat locked in a room with nothing but cats. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Vlog said stupidly. Oh, oh, wait, that's bad, isn't it? (laughs) Yes, son, it really is. The stranger said, taking a long puff from his pipe and blowing out a smoke puff of a dude wailing on an electric lute, and even made the sound of a guitar solo too somehow. Whoa, Vlog said amazed. (laughs) The name's Capo Steelplucker. (laughs) What's your name, kid? Vlog Blogson. <laughs> well, Vlog, you are the worst loot player I have ever heard, and I've heard Boko Bono play Mastodon Square Garden. <laughs> Not to mention your performance needs work, to say the very least. I should know. I was at Woodstock 99, so I've seen some awful, life-changing, tragic, and even criminal performances in my life. <laughs> little, little taste of the real world there for you. <laughs> Good thing the kids will get that one. That's a totally, what is the word, Kerman? Kleeman. 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 Sorry, I'm not Kleeman today. <laughs> totally Kleeman. Uh, where are we at here? Uh... Uh, can, can you help me, Vlog pleaded. Shit, no, son, you're a lost cause. I do believe your mother should have placed you up for adoption and begged the fates that DNA would never be rediscovered so that you could so that you could find her later in life so that she'd have to pretend like giving you up was the worst mistake of her life, even though her life was not only better without you, she actually had a pretty good life. I'm pretty sure in every instance in the multiverse she kept you... In every instance of the multiverse that she kept you, she wishes for the sweet release of death. Not for her, but for you. You suck, kid. Yo, I'd like to take a couple steps back to DNA being rediscovered. (laughs) (laughs) That fucking tickled me so hard. It's gonna happen. (laughs) 
Uh, simple no would have done fine, but oh well, vlog said cheerily. On to my next thing, I guess. Maybe I'll be a professional boner cycle stuntman like Evil Con the Evil. <laughs> now you see, there's your problem, kid, Caper said looking up. Always on to the next thing and never putting in the work to be truly good at something. You gotta give it some time, Capo said disappointedly. But there, there, oh wait, oh, it's, it's Capo, sorry. <laughs> but there's another way, Capo interrupted himself. Nah, you'd never be into that. Plus, you probably don't want to be that successful, <laughs> Capo said, puffing on his pipe. What? Vlog said alert now. I'll do it. I'll do anything to be famous and rich and covered in the reproductive secretions of my fans. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Jesus. Well, that is the goal of everyone after all, Capo said, <laughs> laughing and putting his hand on Vlog's shoulder. Tell you what, meet me at the Crossroad Bridge, the one near the road to the Hollow Forest. You know the one, right? No clue, Vlog said, stupidly looking at the apps <laughs> on his eyeball. I'll scroll you. The, I'll scroll you the location. The important <laughs> thing is you meet me there one month from now during the eclipse of the two moons. Capo said, "One month. Remember, uh huh, uh-huh, one week. Got it." Vlog said, paying no attention whatsoever. Kid, one month. Yep, got it. Gallon of milk. <laughs> <laughs> Kid, you are fucking pissing me the fuck <laughs> off, Capo said, clenching his fist. Yeah, got it. Pissing the duck loft. Got it. Oh, my God. I think I know. One month later. <laughs> <laughs> One month later, Capo stood alone on the crossroad bridge. The night was brighter than usual due, due in part to the double eclipse of moons. It looked like the one moon was doggy styling in front of the other moon. It truly was a blue cornhole moon, all right. <laughs> That's the dumbest thing I've ever written. Nah. Nah. <laughs> Thanks, Rich. <laughs> Suddenly, Capo heard the plucking of, a, of lute strings and the faint voice singing off in the distance. Singing being the only word I can use to describe the combination of honking and spit noises Vlog called singing. <laughs> Capo! Vlog yelled as he approached. Kid, you made it! I've been practicing, Vlog said, Vlog said proudly. Kid, you sound worse than you did a month ago. Somehow you actually got worse. And I don't mean like, you didn't improve much. I mean, you are considerably, tangibly, objectively worse at the loot. And your singing sounds like you were in a coma for a month and forgot how to use your tongue and had to relearn to speak because you woke up speaking froggish or something. You sound like you have aphasia, but not just with words, but with social interactions and body movements, and all around your brain is bad. You got a bad brain, kid. Oh, Capo, I miss you too, Blog said cheerily. So when do we start practice? We don't, Capo said, unsheathing a silver dagger from up his leathery sleeve. Give me your hand, kid. Okay. <laughs> Vlog said without an ounce of fight in him, kid was a fucking grade A pusswag. <laughs> Capo took the knife and slit Vlog's hand. It took a good 15 seconds for Vlog's nervous system to calculate the information his pain receptors were slowly sending to his brain. But by that time, he had forgotten he had even been cut. Dude was a goldfish boy. (laughs) 
Capo then began to chant in demonic tongue. Then I have like chanting in demonic tongue in parentheses, but <laughs> I don't really want to summon anything right now. True. So. Yeah, yeah. Not at the it's beginning best. of the podcast. Not at, no. Yeah, we'll ma- we'll maybe save it later. for the end. Yeah. <laughs> That's for Patreon supporters. <laughs> <laughs> as he did, the light of the moon shifted and became red, as red as the blood from Vlog's hand, redder than my fiery crotch in winter <laughs> after I give up hope of any manscaping. <laughs> I actually clapped then. (laughs) (laughs) It happens, man. (laughs) Capo continued to chant the words, evil words, words so heavy that they seem to be actually physical matter and not just the result of vibrating air molecules. Soon, a black-horned ancient evil began to laugh. Vlog could could only think, did I leave the microwave on? (laughs) What am I talking about? I don't even know what that is. The demon manifested as a solid as solid black hate. Just standing around this thing seemed to decrease Vlog and Capo's lifespan by years. Kind of like those dudes who went into Chernobyl and were wearing, like, fishing gloves. <laughs> you have another for me, said the Dark Lord. Yes, Master, I do. This one is uh, special. He, uh... He's pretty dumb, and I actually hate him, so when you finally take his soul, he's gonna make a hell of a million- He's gonna make hell a million times worse to be in, just because he's there. So, we got a good one. Excellent, the the darkness said. What is your wish, boy? 100 Christmas weenies, please! Vlog shouted without a thought. (laughs) Christmas weenies. No, no, sire, he, he he wants to be a famous bard, Capo said, rubbing the bridge of his nose. Ah, a classic, the Dark Lord said, laughing. <laughs> then it shall be done. Suddenly, thunder and lightning and red streaks of magical power filled the air. Demons from the underworld sprouted up from the glade like zombified husks. Skeleton, skeletons arose from the ground and did that dance from that old cartoon. <laughs> <laughs> Spooky, scary, scary. <laughs> the Lord of Darkness laughed and laughed. A silver lute appeared in Capo's hand, and he began to play Tush from ZZ Top. And, like, <laughs> nobody ever listened to ZZ Top and Darnos. I mean, nobody. <laughs> play with your new master, the Dark Lord commanded to both Capo and Vlog. Vlog picked up his loot, and any imperfection in the loot's construction or design soon became a part of the loot's magical charm, a well-worn instrument that all great musicians play for a lifetime. The scuffs made the sound fuller. The strings were perfectly old enough, not too new and not too old and rusty. The machine heads were tight and were cast in gold. The three played all night. The skill all three had was said to be the 69th wonder of the world. <laughs> lost to time, lost to time when the dawn struck. If you had been there to witness it, not you would not have survived. It was said to have been like hearing your favorite song for the first time, combined with feeling a titty for the first time, <laughs> combined with the first time you rated your, combined with the first time I rated your sweet mama's crotch game. <laughs> Every note was like experiencing those highs for the first time, but magnified by a thousand. No, 
a million <laughs> indescribable ecstasy. Like taking Molly on the best day of her life and then getting into a time machine and doing it again and again and again. Your peener would have exploded. Your vagina would have collapsed under the <laughs> under the ever present orgasmic elation of the musical of the music's penetrating bliss. Damn. You know what must be done, the Dark Lord said as he sank back into the ground. See you soon, he laughed and smiled darkly as he vanished. A few nights later, Vlog again stood in front of, the pack of a packed house at the Titty Twister. It was pork barbecue night, and all in attendance were hungry. <laughs> you still suck, dork, yelled the pirate guy. Eat my dirty ass balls and suck my third left nut, you fucking baby back bitch, yelled a new guy who was so mad he didn't get to Raz vlog the first time, he spent an entire month writing down his jabs in his diary. <laughs> vlog stood tall, however. He picked up his lute and strummed a chord so clean and so crisp, it was like his fingers were in the exact right spot between the frets on a, mole a molecular level. His, like, his fingers were there, but they weren't. It was quantum as fuck. <laughs> oh, shit. The entire crowd grew silent. The razzing had stopped. Vlog began to play an epic. An epic he, he and Capo had written called The Prophecy. Vlog's loot... Vlog's loot some... Wait, what? Wait. Uh-oh. <laughs> Past Josh has left Vlog the Vlog's <laughs> Dude. Vlog's loot somehow began to sound like two loots, as if he had three hands. It also became electrified, as if a as if some wizard had cast a spell on it to make it sound like the hardest fucking rock and roll distortion pedal <laughs> ever made. The song was twenty the song was a twenty minute long in a Dagata Davida esque torrent of brilliance. <laughs> You could live a thousand lifetimes and never hear anything as hard and yet as soft as this epic. The song was alive. It moved. It cried. It howled in pain and screamed in pleasure, all while taking everyone in that, in, in that pub with it. It told of a coming war, a coming hero, and a coming change. A young one would emerge. Love and hate and loss and new friends and fellowship. It told of corruption and danger and villainy that would try to cover the land. It told of a power too immense to control and fools and heroes who would try to stop it. It told of the experience of all living beings. The notes were as if you saw the love of your life for the first time across the room and for the first time you knew you'd get to smash. <laughs> That was so beautiful up until the last word. Yeah, I was, I was fucking entranced, Josh. Jesus. <laughs> Welcome to the show. It was like Galadriel at the start of Lord of the Rings, and then she just said yeah. balls at the end of it. I mean, Galadriel smashed. We're going to get to see it, I hope. Yeah, probably. Fingers crossed. Uh, <laughs> it, it told of the fear in the darkest parts of our minds and the sounds that keep us up at night. The fear you, the fear, fear you feel when you know you're seeing something terrible, and the excitement you feel when you see something miraculous. Sometimes, without even saying a word, the music told all this clear as a bell, clear as a summer's day. It told all of this and more. I try to relay the words to you, but the beauty of it would only cause Jeff and Rich and all of you dear listeners to come pants so fast you'd think you were in, you were in prison for a decade. 
then I'd probably be fired. Jesus. Well, too late for that one. <laughs> After I've had the to song, change pants four times, John. <laughs> you're really you're quick as fuck, dude. Damn. After the song was done, the pub wept. The entire audience wept. Some all seaballed their loved ones, thinking that somehow they must have died and they were now in heaven or whatever passes for heaven for these beings. A goblin took out a dagger and slit his own throat, knowing full well this was it. It wasn't going to get any better than this. (laughs) The rest of his life would be chasing this high and no amount of long bottom leaf or giggle dirt or jingle jangle, jingle jangle or wolf heroin would ever be good enough. (laughs) <laughs> Whatever was ever going to be good enough. And Wolf Harrowin turns your ass into a fucking wolf, dog. <laughs> <laughs> fucking jingle jangle slipped in there. I caught that. <laughs> Capo sat in the back and tipped his hat to Vlog. Then he stepped out of the alley. Vlog rushed after him. Capo, wait! He yelled. You did good, kid, but I have to be moseying on now. But what about the band? You, me, and the big black dude, Vlog whined. Okay, first of all, don't call him that big black dude. It makes me kind of uncomfortable. Secondly, you did it, kid. You wrote the greatest tale ever told. Go be yourself and fuck anyone you want and do giggle dirt until your nose rots off. (laughs) This is what you wanted. Yeah, I guess, Vlog said. Okay, (laughs) (laughs) bye-bye. And then he went home to record his album. Capo just laughed. As he turned around, a black shroud surrounded him. His face began to contort and change. His clothing changed into a robe. A staff grew from his loot case he was carrying. As the black smoke dissipated, there stood a a wizard. Hello there, Reese's the Wise said (laughs) to apparently no one looking at the camera. Reese's the Wise will return in Darados the next generation. <laughs> yeah! Finn, end. There it is. Holy shit. Oh, so good. <laughs> oh. Reese's, what are you doing? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Do you know what you're really... I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do my usual uh, real talk end of story thing here. Do you know what you're really, yeah. really good at? What's that? Dropping us straight in and making us completely entrenched in this world straight away. Like, you said two sentences, and I was like, I'm here. It's, yeah, it, there's you're no really foreplay. Great. You're really great at doing it. Oh, I, thank I you. I agree with that, but, like, I think Josh showcased a brand new ability in this episode. What's that? Which was... Taking my pants off? Uh, that's not new. <laughs> <laughs> True. You You, like, created this, like wondrous genuinely like heartfelt insane moment yeah through your words and that was part one of the of the new skill that i don't know if we've seen from you before this like mm. genuine incredible prose mm-hmm. that, wow like, brought Thank us you. into that moment and then you dropped the fucking h-bomb on us by having she lets you smash <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I think we're gonna get a, a silent bit on the uh, on the oh yeah the audio file. It's like a, a reverse bit. Richter scale. Yeah, yeah. I, I was like, I was enthralled. You had me on the edge of my seat. Yeah, it was great. Well, I learned from the two of the best. Uh, you guys oh, are you got amazing. Two mirrors in your place. <laughs> <laughs> you know that I can't see myself in a mirror. Yeah. <laughs> 
true. True. <laughs> I love that every piece of equipment in the Darinos world is the all see something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or all something something. It's like it's like Apple, but it's the all see coat. I also like that Jeff, you're really good at creating characters I absolutely hate and want to die in a, in a sentence. And Josh creates uh-huh. characters that I want to die, but then I learn to love, like something that, you know, like that brother that you hate. That sort yeah, of stuff. Yeah. Like, you know, like, you love them, but you want them dead at the same time. <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't ever make, like, a character like Jeff. Like, I really hate yeah, Jeff's I hate characters. Jeff's characters. <laughs> like, they're, they're, like, some of them are fucking assholes, them. right? Like they they're like fucking what what was Thanks, it guys. dunkles or whatever. <laughs> Thanks, guys. They're fucking dunkles, dude. The uh, partway through the story, I, I made a joke like I know who this kid's real dad is because he's so he's flinching in mm-hmm. his own way. Yeah, yeah. He's, well, like, he's so lovable. It's like the opposite of flinch. Yeah. Well, we all kind of like. I mean, it's like you know when you hang out with people who are really funny and talented, you start to like pick up some of that, and I feel like. You know, when I'm talking about the song, I'm also talking about the show, right? Because it's like a new, it's a new time. It's a new era. It's a new era, baby. It's the bros right. before pros era. And it's it's like, I want to smash. <laughs> <laughs> well, we've got two more stories to listen to first. We can smash after. Oh, we will. We will. We will smash. We're in the smash pants. Cleaman. <laughs> Cleaman. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, it was great, dude. No, I've got Thank I've you. got nothing else. I'm spent. Ten out of ten. Yep. Thank you. F- five fingers <laughs> out of five. <laughs> Is that good? It's in a fist, so yeah. Oh, okay, that's even better. Yeah, that's good. Um should we take a break and we'll be back in a second? Yeah. No. That's oh mm-mm. I'm gonna do it. All right, it's two we'll against one. Straight into your story, Rich. Let's go. <laughs> We'll be back in a minute. Bye. I hope you enjoyed that break. That was probably like five seconds for you, but it was... I think we just talked for half an hour, didn't we? It's like 30 <laughs> seconds usually, so yeah. every second for them was a minute for us. Yeah, it's like yeah, dog years. Wel- welcome to recording with Jeff and Josh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I guess we should do a show now. Yeah. Um, I'm going next. Woohoo! My, my story is called... This pretentious fucking arsehole. <laughs> <laughs> Burgundy and Neon is what my story is called. That's a great story name, you pretentious fuck. It was originally called She of Burgundy and Neon, and then I decided, "Mm, no, that's a bit too pretentious. (laughs) Wowee. I don't don't have a degree to listen to this story, I don't think. (laughs) Uh, I warn you, this is a long one, and also there are very few jokes in it because I have not had a very funny week. That would be good. Uh, Better be good. It it will be good, I promise, I promise. Mookie! Mookie! 
A voice boomed down the cold black glass corridors, reverberating off each wall until the reproach felt tenfold. Hive help you if you are touching those braziers again. You can bandage your own damn burns this time. (laughs) Mookie pulled pulled their fingers from the flame and brushed them down their brown acolyte robes. Beautiful fire, Mookie thought. Why do they even have braziers in the enclave of the Mothman prophecies? Especially (laughs) (laughs) when... Especially when the whole planet had electricity. Mookie was drawn to it, like a moth to a... Ah, Mookie just got that reference. (laughs) That's amazing. (laughs) Fucking genius. Resisting the urge to smooch the fire tenderly, Mookie scuttered down the mirrored corridors of the central databanks in little hops, weak wings fluttering, knowing that there was no point in hiding from Death's head. Like all senior seers of the clan, Death's Head could easily see Mookie's intentions if she wanted to. This big brother is shit. Mookie passed the electronic tablets embedded in the walls, each one of them a prophecy's vision of the future, unlike the regular fortune te- reading work of the Enclave. Most prophecies were obvious, predicting things like the inevitable fall of capitalism, or the few thousand douchebag Rotten Tomatoes reviews for female-led television productions. <laughs> But Too those real. in the central... Well, I mean, yeah. Have you seen the reviews for She-Hulk? Jesus oh, I was going to say She-Hulk. That show oh, is so good. Bad. What is wrong Yo, with Yo, they that? fucking own it, though. They, yeah. t- they like Basically, they're like, yeah, this is happening to the show yeah. right now. Yeah. <laughs> like, in the show. <laughs> uh, these visions... Oh, sorry. Uh, but those in the central databank were vague. There was no understanding them. These visions were meant for someone higher. Someone far more worthy than little Mookie, who couldn't even read tea leaves yet. In a place where people much bigger than Mookie rushed around and opened doors without looking who was behind them first, a lack of foresight meant a lot of squashed mandibles for poor old Mookie. Aww. Mm. You know you shouldn't be down in the databanks, little one. Death's head stood with a soft smile on her arms across her chest, the skull patterning on her face making her look far more terrifying than she was. Not that anyone... Marry me. (laughs) Not Not that anyone but Mookie saw that side of her. She was beautiful and tall. I mean, if you're into bugs. If you were a bug, you'd let her bite your head clean off for the chance to get with that sweet bug action. Dude, I just (laughs) said that. Her slender carapace envied by most of the clan's members. Am I into bugs now? (laughs) You are Rich, why are you making us horny for bugs? Damn. Good writing makes you horny for bugs. (laughs) There are prophecies down there that aren't for the eyes of us, but for the one who will see all, our hallowed omniscient. Mookie noticed the bitter tone in her voice, and had often heard her arguing with Father Flicker about their application of the old rules. What a great name. She opposed keeping the electronic tablets hidden, waiting for a day that might never come. But Flicker was an old man and a fool, so out of touch with the present political state of the planet Ithia. He actually opposed newly appointed general Halle Swiftfeather. Yep, Halle Swiftfeather from episode what? two. Ooh. Rebellion. Somebody make us a wiki so I can remember <laughs> please, all Please, please, please. Halle Swiftfeather's rebellion after she took down the dank pit dwarves with that giant stone golem. That was a good one. Swiftfeather had unified the righteous against those that had fought to strip Ithia of all hope, prosperity, and beautiful open flame. Oh, damn, not open flame. Freedom, that was it. <laughs> Freedom. <laughs> Everyone was behind Swiftfeather. The elves, the remaining dwarves, the humans, the swampers, the goblins, the joblins, i.e. the goblins with jobs. <laughs> 
the Bloods, the Crips, the Jelly Men, the Skelly Men, the Jelly Skelly Men, Dave, Dave the Younger, the Gnomes, Dave the Youngest, everyone. But Flicker was one of those that couldn't understand why youngsters had it hard, because he had his own woodpile at the age of 18. Even though Ithian Coin bought a lot more back then, there was no change in his mind. <laughs> his own woodpile? <laughs> I'm sorry, Death's Head, Mookie muttered, twitching her fluffy a- their fluffy antenna. What did you want to see me about? The tall moth woman crouched down and put a leg to Mookie's shoulder. Ascension Day is here again, Mookie. A panic set on the youngster and their heart rate jumped rapidly. The Ascension Day involved moth acolytes cocooning and taking their final form. But Mookie hadn't even considered a final form yet, not comfortable choosing a species or a gender. They were currently more than happy with what they currently were. But what if this is my final form, DH? Why can't everyone just be content with what I am? Is it not enough? Looking away, as if she were deeply ashamed, Death's head cleared her throat then reached out with her long legs and pulled Mookie in to hug them tight. I'll lose the paperwork and defer the ascension another year, but only if you promise to stay out of the databanks, especially tonight. At Mookie's nod, Death's head released the hug and pushed Mookie towards the entrance hall. Now go do your job, Acolyte. There's there's there's, uh, There's not likely to be a patron this late in the evening, but we should keep the desk occupied nonetheless. Do some busy work, kid. (laughs) How- <laughs> However, no sooner than her statement was finished, the front be- desk bell rung, and Mookie and Death's Head ran to see who was banging the bell at this late hour. One of the other acolyte hatchlings must have left the bulbs and the braziers on, because light flooded the entrance hall and rushed to meet them, becoming more intense as they got closer to the desk. As they entered the large, black, polished room, neither of them were prepared for what they would find there. A being of pure neon energy stood at the front desk, so bright that their edges could barely be made out. Whatever it was held a keytar and was noodling away on it while they (laughs) slammed the bell on the desk in a sort of rhythmic way, much like a Red Hot Chili Peppers song. (laughs) (laughs) Was it about California? (laughs) It definitely was. Uh, the key tile was long and slender, brilliantly white with rainbow keys, one side of the instrument sharpened to an axe-like edge. Damn. As Mookie blinked, their eyes adjusted, and the burgundy velvet of a court's bar- court bard's uniform could be made out beneath the light. Mookie, Death's head whispered, squinting and shielding her eyes against the neon yellow glare. Can you deal with this, please? I've got work to do. Before Mookie could protest, the slender seer had flown away, quickly, back from whence they had come. Mookie was alone with the bard, who had since become beatboxing, but in a key never before heard, like a theremin and an accordion had got accordion had got really drunk and really freaky. Yeah! <laughs> Do I want yeah. a fucking accordion? <laughs> Squeeze box, baby! Stepping forward, Mookie was drawn to the bee-in and reached out unknowingly to touch them, before the bard suddenly darkened and became a more manageable golden hue. Ah, that's better. We're alone now, she said, putting a hand out. Something fell off with a larger one. I had to get rid of her. That's <laughs> very rude, Mookie looked the being up and down. Death said is a friend, and you shouldn't disrespect her. After the bard noticed that Mookie hadn't taken her hand, she grabbed Mookie's front leg and forced a hearty handshake. <laughs> her name is Death's Head, and you think she's good? <laughs> Interesting. Finally. <laughs> Interesting. I'm Doots Bardley. 
Doot, doot, doot. Battle bard, rhyme crimer, cunning linguist, doctor of tune nostromy, and general tunesmith to General Swift Feather's court. <laughs> cunning linguist, I got it. Fucking toots. <laughs> Death's head is a species not mookie side, irritated by this rude person. They drew their leg back and stared. Tune nostromy isn't a valid field of study. <laughs> And that name is awfully on the nose, isn't it? I'm a bit of a mystery, don't you know? Came down in the big meteor storm of 86 and was found by the river. Must have hit my head or something, because when I was taken in by the guild, I didn't remember anything about my past, you get me? I had to pick my own name, so I chose the one they mocked me with. So now I'm rooting, tooting, doots, bardly, she, her. Oh... (laughs) I wear this name badge to remember it because I must have hit my head or something. I don't remember anything about that. You get me? <laughs> oh, man. Doot spoke in one long sentence, a verbal diarrhea of facts about herself that Mookie did not want to be covered in. <laughs> I heard... Oh. Is Rootin' Tootin' actually part of your name? No, I just think it sounds cool, Mookie. Doot's admitted with no hint of shame. Mookie concerned themselves with tidying the various tarot decks, crystal balls and tea leaves, hoping this patron would soon get to the point. I'm looking wait, for two... Wait a goddamn tick here, Rich Masters. Yeah. Mookie didn't introduce themselves. Ah, but, oh, but Deathhead said her name in front of her. Oh, I was, yeah. Oh, don't worry, I checked, because I was worried about that myself. Damn, this guy writes. This guy knows how to write words. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking for two specific prophecies. Wait, I wrote them down. One that might teach me how to cast haste on myself so I can do my chores quicker. Nice. Mookie tiredly tried to explain that Doots' perception wouldn't be changed if she cast haste. So it'd take exactly (laughs) the same amount of time to do the chores in her relative perspective. But Doots just steamrolled over the statement and continued. That that is fucking genius. (laughs) Um, Amazing. You just do twice the chores. You wouldn't do them any faster in your perspective. <laughs> yeah, you'd still be normal. It's like Superman when he gets fast. Yeah. He's not fast. He's normal. I'm also looking for a prophecy that might reveal my place in the universe. Everyone just seems to think they know who I am, you know? But how is that possible when I don't even know? A deck of cards clattered to the floor as Mookie, who understood perfectly well what the girl was struggling with, was taken by surprise. Even for Mookie, who remembered their life and knew the person they were, the expectation levied at them was a pressure that made them feel like popping at times. I don't know if we can help you tonight. I'm only an acolyte. I can't read futures or pasts. Doot seemed undeterred and jumped onto the desk, playing the Eddie Van Halen eruption solo without breaking a sweat. Oh my god, (laughs) yes. I don't believe you can't, Mookie. There's always talent there, just unearthed like a seed that might grow into some powerful, stinky carrion plant. (laughs) Gee, thanks, Mookie. (laughs) But I haven't ever seen that sort of prophecy you're looking for, even in the secret data banks. As Mookie watched Uh Doot's eyes widen and light up, they realised their mistake. Fingers went to grab at Doots, but only wafted at the keytar, which made the noise of a finger sliding down the piano keys as Doots scooted down the counter and off the end. 
Come on, what are you waiting for, Mooks? We've got prophecies to find. <laughs> Mooks. No, wait, we can't, Mookie cried, chasing after the girl in Burgundy. The light from Doots was fading fast, and Mookie had to be quick, so they hopped along the corridor, willing their underdeveloped wings to carry them, though they knew they couldn't yet hold their weight. With a slam, their wings gave up and they fell in a heap to the cold mirrored floor. When Mookie looked up, the light had gone, and they had lost Doots. The corridors of the databanks suddenly felt incredibly frigid, the evening air biting more than usual. Hey, Mooks, what's this? The whisper came from mm-hmm. Mookie's right. Mookie scurried over to find Doots staring at a wall of electronic tablets, showing some of the newest visions from the Enclave. They were as fragmented and hazy as always, but changing before their very eyes, clouding over and becoming new visions Mookie had never seen. In one, a cyborg cowboy and a young human flew a ship through the heart of a collapsing planet. In another, a woman wielded a sock puppet and a glowing sword as they searched for something in a palace of glass. (laughs) Dude, it's like you're in the wiki of your own story. In another, a man sat on the observation deck of a space station in a string vest going to town on a corndog. Like, he was deep throating that thing. I thought you said there wasn't jokes in this. This is amazing. (laughs) Mookie quickly brushed a hand in front of the tablet to dismiss that one. In another, Mookie and Doots (laughs) hid from legions of undead electronic beings. The two of them huddled together, their hands clasped clasped in a white knuckle embrace. The bard gasped at the image. I've never had a friend before. That looks nice. As her Mm. voice lowered, her light levels dipped. Mookie stared at Doots' body where underneath the surface nebulas and constellations swirled and rotated, as if she contained a whole galaxy inside her. When Mookie stared hard enough, they could see themselves, but somehow different, older and glowing, a different Mookie. As the girl caught Mookie looking, she turned her lights up a little and smiled, embarrassed. What is all this? It's, um, it's the central databanks, the, the newest prophecies waiting to be read by the Omniseer, they whispered. Well, these aren't being read. Do they normally change like that? Well, it's been a decade since our last Omnisia died. Uh, no, not normally. As if they had heard Mookie, the tablets flashed and crackled, all of them suddenly showing a flash of an image before going dark. Mookie could swear they saw something awful, a metallic skull with curved ram horns, something that spoke to the deepest, darkest fears in their brain. Mookie turned instantly to ask Doots if she had seen it, but the girl's open-mouthed horror told Mookie she had. Before they could discuss it, the silence was broken by a horrifying, chitinous whispering. Come on, Doots put her hand out, and to their surprise, Mookie took it. They moved quickly and silently through the corridors, drawn by the slopping clicking that grew louder with each step. Cricket man. (laughs) (laughs) He's on board. He's on board. (laughs) It's like a whole shared universe. Uh, Drawn by the slopping clicking that grew louder with each step, like an old person with no dentures eating yoghurt. Too far, Rich. (laughs) They turned the corner to discover the source of the terror-inducing noise, a mass in the corner of the room, shivering and convulsive, the form of a moth. Seen, never unseen, seen, never unseen, it ticked and whispered as Doots uh, pointed silently to a gap on the wall where one of the electronic tablets should have been plugged into the prophecy wall. Death's head, Mookie muttered, reaching out a leg. The evil form lumbered to one side and turned, shaking legs barely able to support the mass of evil Death's head had become. 
One what? side of her face drooped, and thick, viscous drool poured from her mandibles. <laughs> Out of her temple, one large ram horn protruded from the broken skin <gasps> that festered alongside her glazed-over eyes. She was so curious about the future, about me. The voice was death's heads, but not an electronically modulated amalgamation that fizzed and hissed static. She held a tablet in her front legs, a prophecy of the ghostly horned skull flickering on the screen. But when you delve into me, I delve back. Now she, yes. like so many others, is free. Where is Hallie Swiftfeather, small ones? What? No, 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 no. <laughs> We don't know Yo, what you're I'm talking about. Lie. I kind of love the techno, man. <laughs> Wood. Hell yeah. We don't know who you're talking about, Duke smiled fearlessly. Through the prophecies, although the prophecies about dermatological, uh, dermatological care are the next aisle over. Next to the ones on creepy skulls, things that smell like diuretic ducks, assholes, and ghosts that oh. don't know when they're dead. Oh, ghosts that don't know when they're dead. <laughs> a long, thick, black tongue flicked across Death's head's mandibles to leave a thick layer of slime across her mouth. <clears throat> I'm no ghost child, no mere sad spirit. I am vengeance personified, biological extermination in full form. Basically, I'm here to wreck your shit up. <laughs> <laughs> Long tentacles of wire shot in coils from Death's head, and Mookie just managed to push Doots out of the way just in time to avoid being enveloped by them. Tears flooded Mookie's saucer-shaped eyes. Death's head, if that's you in there, please come home. The electronic ghoul fizzed a chuckle. She's already home. Death's the finish line we all race towards. She felt such fury at the world, her place in it. I've used it to wrap her up in a cosy blanket. Don't weep for her. Everything she suffered with is now my sweet fuel, and everything else, it smiled, teeth jagged and broken. Mookie watched as Dootes got quickly to her feet and played an impro improvised staccato rhythm on the keys, producing discordant <coughs> solid notes in the air, notes that looked like daggers. The young, the young mothling somehow knew what to do, turned and beat their wings as hard as they could, producing a gust that propelled the daggers at the fiend. It howled in an ungodly pain as the sharps struck, stuck into the thing's body. When the beast lifted its head, one of the sharps sat buried in its eye socket, burning pus bubbling from the wound and stripping the fur from Death's head's face to reveal the metal skull underneath. What? That's fucking metal! That's metal as fuck. <laughs> it lumbered towards them, its tendrils grabbing at tables and throwing them like missiles at the pair. Doots played the cha-cha slide, and Mookie found themselves <laughs> Mookie found themselves sliding to the left, sliding to the right, and crisscrossing to avoid the projectiles that cracked against the far wall and brought part of the panelling down. That's what you do, right? Two claps now, y'all. <laughs> Fucking, there's no jokes in this one. But it's not right? as many yeah. as normal. Mookie picked up bits of the fractured panelling and skimmed them back at the beast, several of them hitting it square in the face. Once they'd run out, Mookie's hand touched one of the prophecy tablets, and they were just about to chuck it when a tendril of black punctured Doots in the shoulder, knocking her keytar to the floor. Both Doots and the thing that was Death's head froze, caught in some trance, eyes rolling back. I know you, each said in unison. 
and as Mookie rushed towards them, the prophecy tablet in their hand glowed white, and suddenly Mookie was somewhere else. It was Ithia, but not. The cool mirrored floor of the databank lay beneath their feet, but the walls and roof were utterly destroyed, the room entirely exposed to the elements. The sky was a swirl. Daniel's there! (laughs) (laughs) The sky was a swirl of dark violet clouds, racked by winds that seemed to want to tear the flesh from you. Lightning flashed against the wasteland ground, which was lined with dead mothmen, dwarves, elves, every race known. The roaring of one of the elven space chariots sounded overhead and surged towards the horizon. It rocketed away from the planet to join a fleet of others, an evacuation fleet, leaving two figures on the horizon. One, a tall cloaked figure with ram horns and metallic skull and General Swiftfeather, on her knees in front, bleeding out from a gut wound. Mookie tried to call out to run to the general, but all they could do was watch as the fiend ripped their leader's head off as the world around them faded into nothing. Holy shit. What? With a blink, Mookie was back, and the world they had been a part of for a fraction of a second danced in front of them on the tablet in fragments. A prophecy. Not only one that that Mookie themselves had conjured up, but one they could read and experience. Something only an omniseer could do. (gasps) <gasps> Finding their courage, Mookie picked up the keytar and held it above their head in one stride and brought the sharp axe edge down through the tendrils. The evil that inhabited Death's head that Mookie had seen in the prophecy howled in pain and Doots fell to the floor, regaining control of her body. A nexus and an omniscia together, the, bo- the beast spoke in static. I will have you both for my own. Doots stood as confident as Nexus as, as Mookie had ever seen. I mean, maybe, because they didn't really know what a Nexus was. <laughs> <laughs> you can have this, Technomancer. With that, Doots played a chord and threw the keytar in front of the Technomancer. The note continued, growing in reverb and loudness until it invaded all thought and action. The moth Technomancer rearing in agony to reveal her middle leg still clutching the tablet close to her thorax. Doots pulled Mookie close to drown out the noise as the sound became a high pitch that seemed to shake the very bones of them. The room went white hot and then quickly returned to normal. Dizzy, dizzy, Mookie stood, only to see the flesh almost completely stripped from Death's head to reveal the being from the prophecy clearly, a terrifying visage of chrome and hate. The smell emanating from the husk was stomach-churning, like raw sewage and rot. They turned to Doots with a raised eyebrow. I played brown noise, Doot smirked. (laughs) First note I ever learned to play. Always went down really well at bard camp. (laughs) Bard camp. A sick robotic chuckling came from the corner. You children. You believe me a villain, like some pantomime black hat. Humanoid life (laughs) is fleeting, inconsequential. A blink in the long, hard stare of the universe as unimportant as a raindrop is to the ocean. You'd rather we die? Mookie demanded, trying not to think of the death of their beloved mentor and failing. They felt Doots' fingers link with theirs. It was nice to have a friend. Aww. Die? The technomancer seemed taken aback. I only want Hallie Swiftfeather dead for her crimes. The rest of you I mean to make immortal. Preserved. Catalogued. Always relevant. Always current. Connected. Never alone. No lies, no deception, everyone knowing the intention of the other. Only love between them. Only conformity. (laughs) But what if we don't want to conform, Mookie raged, tired of this argument again, this justification of her entire existence. 
What if we're happy as we are? Nonsense. Your lives are changing and subject to alteration as we speak. You are an omniseer. The future is yours to read and influence. And she is a nexus, a perfect point in space and time, a key to every reality, a door to every fabric of existence. By joining, we will shape the course of every history, every future, every life. And we will know all, be all. The Technomancer lifted a tendril, an offer for them to take it, and Mookie felt Doots falter. Doots turned to Mookie, eyes wet. He knows who I was, Mookie, where I came from. Mookie squeezed Doots' hand as tight as they could, as if to hold her to the spot. I know who you are, and who we've seen who you will be. The other stuff isn't important. Shaking them off and slipping her fingers from Mookie, Doots took a few steps towards the Technomancer. She reached out a hand, but gave, but gave Mookie a knowing look. As the fiend stood to take Doot's hand, she shifted and swung the axe in a high arc and brought it down on the creature's face. In return, the beast threw its tentacles at Doot's, sending her across the room and convulsing in rage, revealing the prophecy tablet once again. Moots grabbed a shard of panelling and flapped their wings to the point of breaking, crossing the room in a fraction of a second and smashing the tablet to bits with the edge of the fragment. The wraith doubled over as if run through, staring deftly, staying deftly still for two seconds before being slowly sucked back into the tablet. The thick tendrils writhed and grabbed for anything to anchor them as the technomancer was sloughing away from the rotting frame of death's head and into the boat, into the pieces of broken technology. You will regret spurning my offer. It fizzed. You will look over your shoulder every day until the one I am there behind you. Each time you wake in the night, you will wonder if it is my breath on your neck or just a cold breeze. And when you finally realise I am there, it will already be too late. Yeah, you get used to it. (laughs) (laughs) As he melted into the piece of tablet, the light went out in the room, and Mookie realised Doots was dull and dark. They ran over to rouse her, and as the light flickered back on, she blinked her eyes open. Thank the Omni, Mookie stopped short of thanking her, thanking themselves, not used to their current status. <laughs> what the hell is going on here? They both turned to find the small green lunar moth form of Father Flicker standing in the open alcove. He was hunched with the general disapproving stare of the elderly once they've realised their time has passed. <laughs> Fuck you, boomers. He was flanked by three of the other senior seers, Brindle, Flitch and Svelder. Take the Nexus to the infirmary and prepare Death's head body for disposal, Flicker ordered, his eyes not moving from Mookie as the seers rushed to pick Doots up. And you, come with me, Acolyte. But Father we Enough! Follow me. Mookie picked up the keytar and followed in silence, climbing the corner staircase to Flicker's office. He unbolted the door, rushed Mookie inside and bolted it behind him. Acolyte, I... Father, it wasn't Death's head anymore. It was something called the Technomancer, they blurted out, unable to hold it and begging for his understanding. Flicker hobbled around his desk and slumped into his chair, picking up a piece of cloth from his desk and biting off a big mouthful. (laughs) He's a moth! (laughs) I know. The last Omniseer told me this would happen. Mookie stood with their mouth gaping open, clasping their hands together. Ten years ago... Omnisia Losa was dying and she told me the rise of, of the rise of of the rise of this vengeance of this electronic beast and the fall of our planet. 
We have tried everything we could this last decade, anything to reset the road, even helping Swiftfeather take back take down the dank pit dwarves but we seem <laughs> to be hurtling down that tunnel towards the end at the light uh, uh, towards the light at the end he went comatose for a second thinking about l- the light before shaking his head and realizing <laughs> where he was stupid bug <laughs> now you will be the new omniseer just as was predicted and we'll develop a new strategy whatever that may be but your new friend is dangerous and there's something we need to do first she cannot be allowed to remember what happened here today she will oh, cause chaos. Why... Oh, that's why she never remembers shit. Confusion, total bafflement took Mookie. Why? No, I won't let it. She has been here before, child. You are not an omniseer yet, Flicker shouted before settling himself back into his chair. There is much left for you to learn, and one of those lessons is knowing when to act and when to take the time to interpret. You will be friends again. If it is meant to be, but not today. Mookie looked down at the keytar in their hand, a tear dropping to bounce off of it. Okay, Mookie muttered, but I must have a moment to prepare. Like I was saying, we don't have any of those sort of prophecies here, Doots, Mookie said, trying to hold their voice steady. Now, if you'll excuse me, I have to lock up for the night. The bard looked taken <laughs> aback and stepped away from the counter. Uh, okay, Mookie, I'll... um. I'm sorry, my mind is a little bit fuzzy. It happens all the time with this amnesia. Maybe I'll come back some other time. I'd like that, Mookie almost smiled, and rushed Doots out of the door before tears could give them away. Good night now. The breeze rushed against Doots' face, but she didn't feel it. She never felt the cold, nor the heat. There was something missing here. The hours had flown by in the enclave, night settling in before she had only seemed to be there ten minutes. How had her memory become so fragmented? Shaking her head as if to free herself from the worries, Doots grabbed the keytar only to feel some scratching on the back. She turned it, praying to whatever gods would listen that her single use in the universe hadn't been extinguished. There, on the white surface, just under the Surfing USA sticker, was a message. <laughs> the Technomancer comes. Tell General Swiftfeather to ready for war. Love your friend. A small moth had been scratched under the message. Doots picked up the pace. She had a long walk ahead of her. The end. Oh, Damn, she man. scratched the keytar all up? Fuck that. <laughs> to get the message. <laughs> that was great. That was fucking awesome, man. I like how the, the prophecy was the first episode, right? Yep. Well, yeah. that, well, that was the start of it. Well, that was, yeah, that was the start of yeah. it, yeah. But we're gonna... We're gonna say oh some my shit. god! I, now I love bugs. Yeah, you, you've created so many lovable characters and then killed one immediately. But so <laughs> many lovable characters. Yeah, yeah, dude. Like you're like the like what's his name? <laughs> Fucking the guy who always died. Michael Bean, not Michael Bean. Other guy. <laughs> oh, what's his name? Uh, Boromir. Boromir, you're like oh, the Sean Boromir. Bean. Sean, Sean Bean. Bean. Sean Bean, there you go. Just kill him, just kill everybody. Yeah, sorry, I had to kill Death's Head, even though she was cool. She was uh, super cool. She got cooler when she was dead. Yeah. You're like the rich masters of writing. You're so oh, fucking thanks. good at it. <laughs> I, um, I, I, Doots wasn't, Doots and uh, Mookie weren't going to be big characters, but as I started it, I was like, I, I can't. I can't not make them big characters. They're great. I love love them. Dudes might be my favorite character you've ever made. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, 
good. I, I have said this before, though. The more people love a character, the more I am tempted to I them. hate dudes. <laughs> dudes can suck <laughs> my shitty character. What a fucking... I love the Technomancer, <laughs> though. <laughs> I need to. Uh, what I need to do is start counting the amount of uh, episodes we've got till the end of the year because that's when this is all gonna finish. Oh shit! Oh yeah. true. Reset. True. Reset. Oh no! I didn't even think about the timeline. <laughs> There's no timeline. You can have your own timeline. That's true. It's true. Be your own dudes, Jeff. Yeah. That's what I'm trying to do my whole life. <laughs> I didn't realize. Yeah. No, everybody. Nobody wants you to be your own dudes. Uh, we can have the season end, season one or whatever season end, whatever the fuck we want it to end. Yeah. That's true. Um, we'll figure it out, folks. We'll but... figure it out. It'll be fine. <laughs> that was great. It was funny as shit. You're, you're it... full of... You're like J.J. Abrams. Oh, Khan's not going to be in this. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, it's not. I don't, as... any... I don't, don't think call, it was this. Don't call one of us J.J. Abrams <laughs> on our own show. All right, <laughs> but... One of you are Robert, Rob, Roberto Orsi, is it? And one of Robert, you, that makes Robert one of you Orsi. Kurtzman, right? I'm doing the face. I'm doing the <laughs> Alex Kurtzman face. Uh, I would rather Can be you there. hear it? Uh, can you hear me doing it? This is the face. Well, now I can, yeah, definitely. That's his face. Um, <laughs> you, your ability to world build and like sort of suck me into the story and I visualize what you're saying is so incredibly honed. Yeah, he he's describing like what should be like um really complicated things cuz it's like this place is like a a nest but it's also technology mm-hmm. but like I'm already I'm instantly like oh I know what this looks like in my head, right? Yeah. Like it's great. And all the like when when I started writing it, I was like, no, that's not really sci-fi-ish enough, is it? And then I made all the stone tablets, electronic tablets. And then it was just ah. like, ah, <laughs> now it's sci-fi. You're like George Lucas. <laughs> <laughs> uh, fucking incredible story, Rich. Yeah. 10 out of 10. Thank you. I Lovable as fuck. I want a fucking Dutes and uh, a Mookie stuff. Animals. I would love I, a Mookie stuffed animal. That would can be we adorable. Do that? I'd like a Mothman Prophecyers uh, t-shirt. <laughs> shirt? You want a shirt? Yeah. Like pe- lighting the way to the future and then kissing it. <laughs> <laughs> you know what would be great is a Dutes plushie and a Mookie plushie, and their hands have magnets in them. Yeah, they oh, clap hands. Yeah. That's what I was thinking. Yeah, That'd that's be great. So fucking cute. Damn, this we're a billion-dollar industry yep. now. <laughs> I mean, you know, if people want to pay us for that eventually, mm, maybe we could that's do. True. No, mm, mm, we could become a cute. <laughs> we're the next critical role. We're gonna be making billions of dollars. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna turn into a fucking crazy asshole to work with. Uh oh, too late. <laughs> <laughs> I will neither confirm nor deny. <laughs> I mean, however crazy, arseholeish you become, you're definitely not going to be as insufferable ever as some of those people. That's true. That's I'm true. My, I'm just going to sip yeah. my tea now. <laughs> yeah, it's tea. What is it? Is it eleven Z's over there? 
What is it? What time is it? No, it's like it's Second half eight supper. in the evening. It's way too half, late. For so is that seven or eight thirty? Seven thirty or eight thirty? Eight thirty. Okay, okay. It's uh, way too late that. for caffeine, but I am what? drinking more tea because, of course, that's I some am. kind of. Does tea make you not to go sleepy? Uh, I mean, no, I'm used to it by now. I could have a, I could probably have an espresso right before bed and go straight to sleep now. Yeah, that's how I am too. I am too. Caffeine does nothing to me yeah. anymore. It's it's like throwing your shoe at Superman. Yeah. <laughs> it's not working. That's a great metaphor. <laughs> Weird how it isn't used more. <laughs> uh, right. Uh, we have one story left, so we're going to take a oh, break. Oh, fuck. Uh, and then we're going to get real quiet. Can I come three <laughs> times in a row? <laughs> yeah, I mean, you usually do, so... Wait a minute, are you coming at your own story? Oh, yeah. Oh, okay, <laughs> oh yeah. yeah I'm just checking. Oh, yeah. Checking for a friend. <laughs> we'll be back in a bit. About, we weren't talking about the babysitter for one hour. <laughs> yeah, technically that's true. We were talking about Star Wars for one hour. And then yeah. the babysitter. Yeah. Uh, if you want to ever hear that, well, I'm afraid you can't because we're not going to go back in yeah. time. So We don't no, record that out. shit. Uh, but, you know, never know. Uh, that might develop into a little sidecast that only patrons can listen to. Yeah. Jeff uh, and Josh and Rich talk over movies. <laughs> <laughs> uh, asterisk, asterisk, asterisk next to that. Mm-hmm. We'll see. That's the uh, footnote. We'll see. Yeah, we'll, we'll see. see. We'll, we'll see. see. We'll see. That's always the footnote to growth before pros. <laughs> we'll see. Yeah. Um, so, we've got bards. And we've had two stories of bards and prophecies. Now we're going to get a story of bards and premonitions. Yeah. We can't... We can't tell what it was, what what the prompt was. Maybe I'm, you can. I'm gonna guess since you two said the same thing that I fucked it, but nah. whatever. Nah. I kind of think Rich and I fucked yeah, it. Yeah, I think we did. But you know, never mind. We'll, we'll see. <laughs> Prophecies, premonitions—they're sort of the same thing. Absolutely. Take Synonymous. it away, Jeff. I'm changing the title of my story right now. Fuck, um, dude. Prophecy Boy. <laughs> the title of my story is The Silencing Song. Ooh, Ooh that's better than the one you said before. Yeah. yeah, which no one would be able to figure out. Um, 
Old Main is the nickname amongst co-eds and officials for Marshall University's main office building, where almost every that's what resource... It is Pe- that's what Penn State, too. Uh, it's a small world, where almost every resource <laughs> you can think of is housed on campus. A 100-plus-year-old building. It certainly showed its age with every step against the brownish-red carpet, the floorboards underneath screeching out and whining from pressure. The smell of a hundred years lingered amongst the hallways, and every door led to a labyrinth within that only the faculty could ever hope to understand. Are you sure it's not a hundred beers? We are Marsha! Fuck you if you need a transcript or something is my point, you idiot. (laughs) Pavlov Flinch had been wandering here from office to office since around 6 a.m. Who the fuck let him in? He'd slept on a bench outside of the liberal arts building Smith Hall overnight since he'd ingeniously left the Cabell County Public Library at like 7.30 last night to come seek answers here. (laughs) It wasn't the first bench he'd pissed on and wouldn't be the last. I mean, slept. I'm sure there is some sort of restraining order or something that should be preventing him from being around an educational institution, but never mind. Let's not look into it. Every office he'd gone to had shipped him off to another office for this form or that signature, told him they couldn't help him and to start back at reception, or outright asked him to leave. He'd been stuck in the labyrinth of red tape on top of the maze of a building, ping-ponging from floor to floor, room to room, rude-ass hateful person to half-asleep hateful person. (laughs) That's college. That is, until finally they figured out he wasn't actually a student in Marshall, so they just told him where to go. He was there in minutes. <laughs> what? The records room and alumni directory were in the basement of the building, which had an oppressive atmosphere that most colleges would kill to hang over their students, but that would usually have to wait until the first loan repayment letters were sent out. <laughs> Flinch had waited for anyone to even show up to the room for about 20 minutes, but thankfully he had brought the Game Boy Advance he'd stolen from some sleeping kid on the bus last year. Oh. The, what? His Pokemon save is gone. That's going to be little, worth hundreds of dollars. The little dipshit only had the Mario World remake, a pack of Mike and Ikes, and a school report card with it. That was Flinch's be on a roll now, Billy, you fuck. <laughs> Damn. What are you doing here? The old woman who slid behind the records desk said with a massive cloud of cigarette smoke hissing out of her lungs. <laughs> She couldn't be more than five feet tall hunched and wore those massive cat-eye frames with transitions lenses you never saw outside of industries that didn't deal with the dead. (laughs) Her stare bore holes through him, but her lenses still hadn't transitioned back, and the pigpen-ass cloud around her obscured her a bit. (laughs) Pigpen-ass cloud. Flinch glanced at the gigantic no-smoking-and-burning-hazard signs plastered all over the room, but didn't care, so fuck it. (laughs) I'm here looking for someone, and I don't mean romantically, so put it back in your pants. (laughs) Not in your wildest dreams, you little shit stain, she spat out, (laughs) belching out the last two words like a 90s cool dude character in a sitcom. Nice. Or a drunk. Nice. (laughs) What's the name? Current student or alumni? The name's Kayla Hunter. She would have been a student around 1999. She was a train maker or something. I wasn't really paying attention. (laughs) 
Flinch was barely paying attention now, side-eyeing the still-open Game Boy Advance sitting in the seat next to him. He was on that level with the Triceratopses that shot fireballs. He loved oh those God. little guys. Fuck those okay. guys. You came into the records room to look up info on a current faculty member? Did your ma swing you like a mace to keep predators out of your fucking cave or what? <laughs> The records lady stared from behind her still-darkened lenses. How long do these things take to transition? Jesus, is in the name. Uh, what? <laughs> Professor Kayla Hunter is the head of the engineering department, you fucking thick-skulled subhuman. Her office is in the Weisberg Engineering Building across 3rd Avenue. Now get out of my office before I rip your clothes off right now. Damn, he was right! She went from raging to seductive, waggling her great eyebrows at him. Flinch clicked his teeth cockily and shot her finger guns as he scooped up his Nintendo handheld and headed towards the door. That's not a no. He'd almost made it around the corner into the hallway before she, the records lady called out to him. Oh, I think she's probably in Morrow Library at this point. She spends all her free time in the stacks down there. As Flinch creaked his way back out towards the hall, towards the rickety-ass stairs, he'd fallen down twice to get here. He mulled over those last words a few times in his head. Down there? Hmm. Morrow Library was a gigantic, old and appointed building, just around some shrubbery and steps from Old Main, barely rising over the treetops that enshrouded it on either side. The rotunda outside was almost completely empty, save for a few stragglers here and there, sitting with books open, or standing and chatting amongst one another. You could mistake the four rows of blackened, tall windows over the double door openings for being completely placid and untouched for years, save for the doors swinging open and revealing a backpack-toting student exiting into the crisp fall air. Dork wearing a backpack. <laughs> the, only th the only thing of note was a filthy hippie seated at the far edge of the rotunda on the ground. Legs crossed, a guitar on his lap, and an old-timey music box sitting next to him with its lid open, collecting change or small bills tossed inside. If he Mostly sings an Oasis song... Jeff, you are fired. Maybe. <laughs> uh, mostly by those who were too guilty not to after making eye contact. Nice. This type of dude was literally always here, and you could bet your sweet tits he was playing Wonderwall or Save <laughs> Tonight and literally not a goddamn save, thing else. You're fired. Save Tonight. Holy shit. I, I knew what I was doing when I got into this. <laughs> oh my god. Thankfully, someone else walked out the glass doors past Flinch so he didn't have to pay up after his eyes brushed past the busker's own for .7 seconds. <laughs> Flinch lumbered up to the door and grabbed it before it swung closed. The campus had an extremely annoying habit of making you swipe a student ID at doors to get into certain places, and he didn't oh, feel God. like dealing with it anymore. He wasn't going to do anything untoward in the dorm buildings. It was offensive. <laughs> an affront to his honor, and a complete coincidence that it was the all-female one. <laughs> Panty raids are a time-honored college tradition, damn it. <laughs> Inside, the building was more of that dank, old, crusty smell of age and probably black mold that had permeated most of his waking hours today. 
There was a small sign on the wall made of stone pointing past the exhibit room in the back and the rows of shelves to the sides. Clear and clean as day. The stacks. Good detective work so far, Fletch. (laughs) Dude. Past the sign was a small desk behind a glass window. A young man seated with his feet propped up on it, tossing a wad of paper up and down like he was shooting a basketball. He blew half-full bubbles of Hubba Bubba, then clicked his teeth together to pop them as Flinch approached, not even looking up to greet him. No double bubble? There there were a set of steps leading down past him into a large wooden door with a metal inset handle. Uh, I need to, uh, books and shit to, (laughs) to, to learn. Let me in. Flinch vamped on the spot successfully. Oh, God, Flinch. Oh, uh, the kid looked down and finally took Flinch in, nearly doing a double take at this middle-aged balding man in a trench coat and a keyboard tie. (laughs) I forgot about that. No offense, but you're old as fuck, dude, and you don't look like you'd ever try and better your life. You sure you're a student here? (laughs) No, I'm a detective. I'm here to talk to Professor Kayla Hunter about a case. Flinch fumbled about in his pockets to find his fake police ID badge, but the kid didn't even pause for a second after giving him another look up and down. That's a felony. The Huntington Police Department spent all their money on nightsticks and Waffle House again this month, huh? (laughs) Go on in, officer, but I'm not letting another one of you pigs in here without your bacon wrappings again. You tell Police Chief Mikey to find that claim ticket for the <laughs> White Way Laundry and get your uniforms back, or this is the last time. You got it? <laughs> Flinch reeled for a moment at the implications of that completely non-essential info dump, and then just nodded in agreement. <laughs> the police chief had lost the claim ticket to the entire department's uniform laundry? Were the cops this- even stupider than he was now? <laughs> Did this happen? No. <laughs> oh, I, would tol- I totally would believe if it did. You anyway, said yes. the kid pressed a buzzer on the wall behind the desk and an extremely loud click echoed through the room, the heavy wooden door swinging open on command. Flinch nodded to the kid again, still a little stunned, and entered in. What greeted him at the bottom of the sloping stairs was a cold, damp air and row after endless row of incredibly old metal shelving, stacked unceasingly and precariously with ancient books, records, and files. The walls were a stained white stucco that had never been finished over, and had tainted in the decades since its last application. But there was near no chance to ever get to those walls with all the shelves. Dim, tenuous light steadily hazed the room over from free-hanging metal lamps at the low ceilings, which anyone over six foot would be forced to hunch under, the flinch was fine. (laughs) Did that really happen? (laughs) Oh, listen on. (laughs) Every so often he passed a person looking through this book or perusing these old records, but for the most part, he just pressed on. It became painfully obvious by the fourth or fifth turn around a bookshelf that this was a genuine maze, each path forking off into a different one, leading back around to the same one, or tangenting far off into the distance. Space and relativity began to lose meaning the further he pushed into the labyrinth. Minutes turned to hours, hours turned to more hours. Let's not get nuts. (laughs) (laughs) But then, finally, the most horrifying sight imaginable crept into Flinch's vision in the distance. 
Panic set into his very soul as he pushed past a small woman reading a 100-year-old copy of Jane Eyre with vinyl pages, almost throwing her into the shelf next to her. No, 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 he continually muttered to himself, becoming more panicked each time he could peer past the books and columns and see it again. By the time he'd come upon it, he wanted to collapse to his knees and scream, but he knew it would do him no good. Stairs to subfloor two was written over a doorway at the end of the aisle. He'd been wandering this fucking labyrinthine sprawling library for what felt like an eternity already, and this was just the first floor? (laughs) Flinch placed his hands over his head and turned away from the door, pacing in place for a moment, trying to decide whether it was worth it to push on or not. He'd been having the same horrifying recurring nightmares for months now, and had never had a moment of rest in that entire time. But this was so much effort. (laughs) Across the long aisle from the door, he caught sight of a tall, thin hole in the wall, a little wider than the average person, with a rope dangling down the center of it. A dumb waiter in a library? A smarter man would have realized that the best way to haul lots of books between floors would be a contraption like this, but Flinch mostly just figured it was for throwing trash down or something. (laughs) He dug out a half-eaten baby Ruth from the inside pocket of his coat he'd left there a couple weeks ago and downed it like a pelican horks a fish. (laughs) He balled up the wrapper and tossed it into the abyss. Might as well fucking press on, he thought. God damn it. I'll spare you the next couple hours of Flinch fucking about on the subfloor, bumping into people and not apologizing, <laughs> eating old food, pissing in corners when he thinks no one's looking. Oh, you know, Jesus. Flinch shit. library. <laughs> Flinch shit. Eventually he Hashtag found- Flinch shit on our Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> Eventually he found himself in a nook deep in the back of the aisles, which had glass cases on all three sides filled with books. Peering past them, he saw a small entrance tucked behind the case to the right. I do want to take a moment to let you, the audience, know that I'm not making any of this shit up about Morrow Library and the stacks. They literally make them make you give them your ID card to keep with them at the entrance in case you get lost down there and they need to call the police to come and find you. Dude. And the police have a specialty map of the building. Wow. That, this is fucking like... Uh, Patrick Rothfuss as shit. Like in his stories, he has like libraries that are like this too, and you need to yeah. do that. Yeah, I, but this is I wonder real. if he went to Marshall. Maybe there are several subfloors and side rooms, and you could easily spend hours down there. I got to what I thought was the bottom once, and there was a locked maintenance style door with chains across it and a padlock, like in fucking Silent Hill. <laughs> and the sign next to it said Public Records, and a smaller added sign said Lower Floors Closed for Maintenance. There's a fucking Balrog down there. There, there could be literally anything down there, and I'd believe that shit. <laughs> anyway. <Jesus. laughs> Flinch swallowed his fear and the remnants of his second baby Ruth and slid into the thin opening behind the glass case of books, shimmying out the other side to find yet another aisle of fucking books. (laughs) What the fuck could all these goddamn things even say, Flinch thought to himself (laughs) ruefully. Who has this much shit they need to write down? (laughs) In the distance past the aisle he stood in, he heard the sound of books slapping against the bare concrete floor and a voice murmuring. Flinch reached for his gun but he realized he was on, in a school on federal property, 
and also had forgotten his holster at Jolly Pirate Donuts <laughs> yesterday anyway. Oh my God. He proceeded with caution. Turning the quarter into the next aisle, he saw the person in question. A black woman in her mid-forties with a single gray streak in her teased-out long hair, carrying a cane in her left hand and holding a gigantic book entitled The Penumbra Conspiracy in her right. Mm. Not that he saw race or anything. He was colorblind to that. Or not. Mm. Whichever one was considered good these days. He wasn't going to keep up. <laughs> oh, Pavlov. You know, I have to admit though, Jeff, I was worried he was gonna see her when uh, when he was freaking out about the steps. I was like, please don't let him freak out because she's black. <laughs> but I will say here, Pavlov Flinch is not actively racist. Okay, okay, okay. just accidentally, accidentally, <laughs> indeed. For her part, the woman peeked over the book to look at him for a moment, then went back to reading it. A full ten seconds passed before she flung the book down to her side and gaped wide-eyed at Flinch, a look of recognition and disgust on her face, (laughs) usually reserved for people who knew him well. (laughs) (laughs) You, she screamed in a husky, weathered voice, pointing at him with her cane. He'd gotten close enough at this point that he almost ran into it chest first, but stopped at the last second. He took a step back and stuttered out, Um, yeah, uh, me. Uh, hello? Uh, my name is Pavlov Flinch, she said ruefully. I know who you are. You've been haunting my dreams along with everything else for years. I started to think you weren't ever gonna show up. Damn, what? What the shit? Flinch took a step back. (laughs) folding his coat together to hide himself like someone had peeped his little flinch against his will. (laughs) How in the fuck do you know who I am? My father doesn't even know who I am. (laughs) He paused for a moment. Wait, dreams? Have you been having the red moon dreams too? She raised an eyebrow at this and set the large book she was holding down on the pile she'd made on the floor, a poof of dust raising into the air between them. Yeah, I've been having them since 99, when I last saw one in person. You're Kayla Hunter? Flinch reached into his coat pocket and pulled out a book, holding it out to Kayla. She took the book and turned it over, crinkling her nose in disgust and looking back at him with wild disbelief. Human sexuality and taboos? Look, you (laughs) little scumbag, if I have to kill a man, this is probably the best place to do... Oh, shit. No, 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 no. That one's for Big Papa, he said plainly. Snatching the book back and tucking it into his jacket. (laughs) He is truly hateful. Mm -hmm. He He retrieved a smaller leather journal and handed it to her instead. I mean, this one. My old journal. You're the one who found it? She looked deeply disgusted and disappointed, a look Flinch was both used to both inside and outside the bedroom pretty equally. (laughs) But then she became thoughtful for a moment. Well, I guess it makes sense why you've been sliming around my nightmares being a little creep. You're a little creep in real life. Sliming around (laughs) my nightmares. That's a great line. Well, not officially or anything. Legally, you can't be considered... But Flinch's slow burn explanation for his accurate level of deviancy was interrupted. (laughs) The lights began to flicker above them as footsteps echoed off the stucco walls and metallic shelves down a nearby aisle. Kayla Hunter leaned down to the floor and peered underneath the shelves, bottom level across the extensive floor. She could see tattered old sandals hitting the floor. 
but dragging along the concrete behind them was the end of a robe, wreathed in red and white. What? She shot back up and held her cane aloft like a weapon, backing further down the aisle. She held up a single finger to her lips to signal Flinch to shut up. Kayla grabbed him by the shoulder and led him around the next corner aisle, pressing his back against it and then hers. Both of them leaned around the books to peer from behind them into the aisle they'd left behind. Flinch instantly recognized the dirty hippie from outside, who walked around the end of the aisle and set his beat-up old guitar against the shelving unit closest. Tucked under his left arm was the old-timey music box he'd been seated to outside. The only thing different about him from then was the long red and white robe he wore loosely dangling around his body, its hood high and pointed with, and red, with some esoteric symbol burnished into the fabric over his forehead. Damn. It's- he placed the music box at his feet and opened it gingerly, pressing down on the mechanism that spun the small red record within it. That's creepy. He lowered the player head onto it, and after a few small scratching tones, the cacophony began. Wailing, high, screeching tones filled the subterranean halls, held aloft by droning, deep, guttural bass that shook the shelves, books falling into the floor and smashing into bits from their own age and the force exerted. <laughs> Kayla and Flinch covered their ears and gritted their teeth, trying not to scream from the pain of it, but neither could draw their eyes from the hooded figure before them. The hippie threw his head back, and though it looked like he was screaming with everything in him, either no sound came out of him at all, or it wasn't loud enough to pierce through the sound of the music box. He shook violently, his entire body racked with an inhuman jerking and lunging that caused him to smash into the shelves next to him and cause even more damage. His fingers gripped so tightly into fists that his fingernails drew blood from his skin, and once enough had spilt, he threw the rivulets into the air and screamed silently once more, his jaw elongating grotesquely. (laughs) From within his throat, deep down in his gullet, they came. Cricket man! Twisting, encircling, spewing some unknown fluid and dripping it from every inch, writhing in on themselves and turning. Tentacles. His human face was ripped apart as they burst from the, the entire from his as they burst from his head, swirling and rippling in a way no flesh could ever dream. The droning of the music box continued as what was once a human being now stood still. Tentacles hanging limply from the hole in its head, its shoulders slumped forward. It it bellowed as it spewed forth a small form from within the center of its now-again swirling tentacled mass. The thing hit the floor with a grotesque splat. It writhed and wriggled for a moment before long, thin, skeletal spider's legs erupted from its sides. This is like the thing, and I hate this. (laughs) And it righted itself onto them, skittering down the aisle toward where Flinch was hidden. He nearly squealed in fear, turning his eyes over to Kayla, who was gone. (laughs) Like, out. She was nowhere in fucking sight anymore. He gritted his teeth in a mixture of frustration and terror and began running as fast as his shitty dollar store loafers could take him down the <laughs> aisle and away from the skittering thing. The room, 
even filled to the brim with the wall of nearly omnipresent sound from the music box, echoed with the sound of each new offspring the tentacle-faced thing spat onto the floor, <laughs> no doubt sending it skittering after each and every time. Flinch turned a corner and caught the tail end of Kayla's leather coat fluttering behind her as she turned left around the end of this aisle. He at least knew where to follow now. He ran as fast as he could, which wasn't very considering, but still made it to the end of the row before the nearly inaudible woman's scream reached his ears. He swung around the end of the aisle and saw where it originated. Kayla lay on the floor, her hands grasping at the dripping thin legs of one of the offspring as its elongated open maw opened wider and wider to try to reach her face. It had pinned her to the floor. She looked back at Flinch and mouthed the words, Do something, but no sound escaped. Later, if they survived, this would be his out. Like, I didn't understand. Sorry, I can't read lips. And he wouldn't get in trouble. Foolproof. What a good detective. Kayla pressed her knees against the thing's abdomen and pushed against it with all of her might. Flinch noticed finally that this thing was probably four or five times its original size at this point. About the size of a golden retriever. Which made him sh- would have made him shit his pants even harder if he had any shit to give. <laughs> Thank God he didn't. <laughs> With an extreme amount of exertion, Kayla kicked her knees up and sent the thing flying back away from her. She fumbled momentarily to grab her walking cane, but swung it around just in time to smash the wooden head of it into the side of the thing and stop it from leaping back onto her. She grasped the bottom of the cane and yanked, sliding it down and away from the handle to reveal a pristine silver blade underneath it, the length of the cane almost to a point. Yes. She screamed silently amongst the cacophony once more and plunged the sword deep into the thing's mouth and through the bottom of its body as it leapt at her again, causing it to squeal out loud enough to be heard. Fling its legs around wildly, desperately, then fall still and silent. Ugh. Kayla withdrew her blade and slid it back into the sheath she was carrying, spilling a small amount of strange, translucent green liquid from within it onto the concrete floor as she did. She got back to her feet with no problem after and motioned for Flinch to follow her. What the fuck was all that shit? Flinch screamed wordlessly. <laughs> But Kayla had already began running down the aisle away from him, so he started to follow the best he could. Such a dick. The droning seemed to be getting louder. Flinch could feel a small trickle of blood running down his cheek underneath his ear, which didn't seem great, but all in all was probably not in his top five worries right now. That's a later problem. Mm-hmm. They kept turning aisle after aisle after aisle and kept finding nothing but more and more rows of books books and more books the exit was most assuredly back in the other direction they'd come in through it after all this seemed almost like an entirely sealed off section of the library so where were they even headed flinch really really hoped that kayla knew (laughs) the skittering became so loud even louder than the music box filling the entire expanse of cramped walkways and pathways of the underground At this point, Flinch was hesitant to guess how many of those things were following them. Oh my god. Shells were visibly being yanked down and falling over from the weight behind them to the point he stopped even looking back, 
running through the visceral pain in every muscle and joint of his body, running for his life in a way you just can't understand unless you've ever had to do it yourself. (laughs) Then there it was. They turned a corner and they were standing in front of an enormous, deep, black hole in the stucco wall. What? A cavernous mall of black that reached from floor to ceiling and seemed to go up even further beyond where the ceiling would have met the wall. They both stopped there, dead in their tracks, staring, transfixed. The endless darkness within it was unknowable, but for some reason beckoned for them, and neither could pull away for a moment. For his part, Pavlov Flinch had spent the better part of his childhood hiding away from his parents, truancy officers, mall security guards, (laughs) victims of theft, and other unruly authority (laughs) figures inside small local caves. Victims of theft are an unruly (laughs) authority figure. (laughs) So he knew exactly what the feeling of standing at the mouth of a cave was supposed to feel like. (laughs) The cold, stagnant air from within the cave in front of you heralding the darkness within, and the free-flowing wind of the outside world hitting your back, grasping at you to stay above. But this was the exact opposite somehow. The free-flowing wind of the outside world blew at him from within the cavernous darkness. The sheer size of the void within must have been monumental. He couldn't even fathom it from the deep feeling within his gut. But his reverie was interrupted as a hand latched onto his shoulder and yanked him away from the hole and back towards the reality of their situation. Kayla stared him directly in the face. The offspring of that creature were climbing up the other side of the aisle they stood on, their Mm. backs against the stucco off-white of one wall and the bleak emptiness of the hole at the other. The skittering cacophony of sounds of the music box, the beating of their heart in their ears... And even over all of it, they they heard the inhuman voice flowing over them from beyond even the offspring. Dominus. 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 Somebody get this guy some dominoes. He wants pizza. (laughs) When all hope had drained from them, out of the corner of Flinch's eye, he saw their salvation. A thin, tall hole in the wall pitch black within it, and a dangling rope barely moving around a silver baby Ruth wrapper on the bottom of the box. (laughs) Flinch ran full tilt past Kayla, her head whipping around to follow his motion, and he leapt at the dumb waiter in the wall from almost too far away, his face slamming into the wall below (laughs) it, but his hands latching onto the ledge. (laughs) Just as he was about to try to crawl in, Kayla yanked him away from it, threw him up the bird hard and grabbed the rope within and began climbing. (laughs) She gripped the cane in her teeth and hand over fist shimmied herself up into the tight space of the dumbwaiter and disappeared within. Flinch grabbed back onto the rope himself. God damn it, he mimed, yanking himself up as hard as he could but not gaining much traction up the rope. He'd faked every single time rope climbing had come up. He'd faked sick every single time rope climbing had come up in gym back in school, so he had absolutely zero experience with it. This also extended to dodgeball, sit-up competitions, jumping jacks, and a myriad of other gym-related activities that seemed way less important at the moment. 
He had what? just gotten himself fully into the dumbwaiter, feeling somewhat squeezed by his size in the width of the opening, when one of those horrific offspring began shoving its sharp, thin legs into the opening, stabbing viciously at Flinch's legs, barely missing every swipe thanks to him swinging his legs as wildly and randomly as he could. <laughs> Something latched onto the massive offspring from behind and yanked it away from the opening, and Flinch felt a fleeting moment of hope for himself, looking up the rope to see Kayla continuing to climb up into the darkness. But when he dropped his eyes back out of the dumbwaiter into the library below, he saw in the offspring's place the original creature itself, its massing, mm. thrumming, and throbbing set of dozens upon dozens of tentacles swir squirming and swirling from the bloodless gap where its face used to be, <laughs> latching towards his legs. He was screaming. He knew it, but he just couldn't hear it. <laughs> All he could hear was the drone of the music box and the squirming, dripping, squelching of tentacles. But they didn't find him. His body lurched upwards into the dumbwaiter, faster and faster in one sudden yank. Then another. Then another. He wondered for a moment if he had found the strength to haul himself up through instinct and <laughs> adrenaline alone. But it dawned on him quickly. He was being reeled in using the dumbwaiter rope from above. He held onto it as tightly as he could, looking down only momentarily to see the tentacles slowly, drippingly recoil away from his sight. The droning of the music box was so far away by the time that he was pulled up from the dumbwaiter door above and thrown onto the cold, hard cement of the flo first floor of the stacks, he could barely feel the pain in his head any longer. He let out a loud, sudden scream he'd been holding in his chest the entire trip up that echoed across the metal shelves and stucco walls surrounding them. Kayla held the rope in her hands and stared, wordlessly. There was a silence for a long moment. Was it over? Mm. A bunch of normal human voices, disgruntled and over-caffeinated students, piped up here and there on the floor, yelling, Shut the fuck up! This is a library! <laughs> and pipe the fuck down! I have finals tomorrow! <laughs> damn, it's finals week? After, after all of that, it was all so damn normal. <laughs> Kayla grabbed him by the lapels of his overcoat and dragged him up to his feet, ushering him along and out like a child, out of the stacks entirely. The trip must have lasted a pretty long while to make it back out, but it felt like a minute at the absolute most before they were shoving open the tinted double doors of Morrow Library and stepping back out into the evening sun. He flopped onto a bench and put his head in his hands for a moment, and Kayla sat next to him gripping her cane and balancing against it. There weren't any words exchanged between them for a long time. Every so often, the double doors tomorrow would swing open, and the two of them would tighten, <laughs> and fear would shoot through them like a bullet, before a couple students would walk out talking or laughing, and all that tension would slowly escape. Look, uh, Pavlov Flinch finally, finally broke the silence. I don't want to be fucking sitting here with my thumb up my ass when that thing finishes checking out some light psychotic monster reading and comes out to flay our skin off, so he slowly rose to his feet. Kayla Hunter stood up as well, grasping him around the arm and yanking him back before he had a chance to walk away. She narrowed her eyes and gritted her teeth, speaking through them as if to a child. Fine then, Flinch. 
you and I got a town to find anyway. You read the journal. You know where we're going next. Whoa, 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 Flinch protested whinily. I didn't sign up for any of this shit. I just wanted to stop having bad dreams. I'm not trying to get butt-fucked by the Loch Ness Monster or the Jersey (laughs) Devil or whatever. I just want to sleep. Cricket man. Cricket man. You were in my dreams about all of this, Flinch. Those dreams started the day after I saw the blood moon and the train from the journal, and they haven't stopped since. I've learned a lot of shit since then, man. Shit that'll turn your pale ass even whiter. (laughs) All of it began with the disappearance of Buffalo Creek Township, and that's exactly where I'm going to get some answers. Why the fuck didn't you get them in the 20-plus years since you fell ass backwards into a scary story to tell in the dark then, Flinch yelled. I have dipshit. There's no town there anymore. There's just a fence, a bunch of open field, then a big fucking empty lot, Kayla screamed back. Passing students had stopped to listen to them fight at this point. Maybe fists would be thrown? They all (laughs) hoped. Yeah. (laughs) Then why would today be any different, Flinch screamed back, the adrenaline from earlier returning to his veins, or else the sight of a woman screaming at him would have scared him to death and or given him an unquenchable boner. Oh my god. Unquenchable boner. Oh my god. Because, Flinch, Kayla had noticed the growing crowd and spoke in a hushed tone then, pushing him up towards the stairs that led back to Old Main. The two of them walked to the top silently, and standing side by side, Kayla pointed up at the sky above them. It was around 7.30 at this point, and the sun was fairly low in the sky, so it was already visible. Tonight's the blood moon. The end. Ah! Bum, bum, bum. Dude, what? Dude, you gotta like, you gotta publish this. <laughs> you gotta send, send this to Marshall and be like, hey, here's my experience. This is what it was like going to school here. <laughs> this is amazing. Thank you. Thank you I very agree. much. You- I agree. You are so good at taking a thing that you've lived, you know, like a writer does, <laughs> and, like, putting it a spin on it. Like, this is so fucking scary, dude. Yeah. It's well, the details. I mean, Rich lived in a hive. I did. I lived in a hive <laughs> with a lot of moths. So that's, that's just got, England. That's, that's where I got my, my ideas from. I'm also a technomancer. Oh, God. Fucking <laughs> Oh, no. It. Oh no, I'm coming. <laughs> Dude. I actually kind of hate Pavlov Flinch less. He went through a traumatic ass experience just yeah. now. Yeah. Like he sucks, but like I don't know, he's pretty funny at the end there. I I um, I don't want to say what I think about Pavlov Flinch just in case I ruin where you're going with him. Do you know who I think he would be played uh, by in the film of this? Who? Richard who? Kind. <laughs> oh, yeah. That, I always pictured Toby from The Office. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I can yeah. see that. But yeah. Richard Kind has an annoying face and an annoying voice. And I kind That's of true. Think, like, he plays annoying guys in everything, yeah, too. Yeah. So that'd be really mm-hmm. good. That's really good. Ugh. Oh, man. And I don't like that spider shit. Yeah, good, that though. scared me when I wrote it, so... <laughs> it was good. You hate spiders. I do. Um, oh, man. Yeah. It, uh, 
I always feel bad because I always feel like I'm silent, but I'm just so engrossed in it. I don't say anything. I, I like it when you guys go silent because I'm that like means super, I'm getting to you. Like, I'm I forget. Your head. I forget. I think I'm listening. Well, I am, I'm not an idiot. I am listening to something. But, like, <laughs> that I'm listening specifically to you rather than being a part of the experience, which is. I, I suppose I'm, that's yeah. quite a high compliment I can pay you. Yeah. No, that's true, because, like, we're all making jokes and shit, mm-hmm. and it's, like, why why the show's really funny, but then Jeff shows up, and he's like, I'm actually going to give you fucking nightmares yeah. tonight. Actually, so. you're going to piss pants now, so yeah. get ready. <laughs> like, I'm listening to a story, like you said, Rich, like, I'm, I'm in the story. Mm-hmm. I'm not here. I'm not in my house. Yeah. Which is... Amazing. That's amazing. At some point, someone who went to Marshall is going to listen to these because Crystal has not got to this point in the show <laughs> yet. But like, someone who actually went to Marshall or lived in Huntington is going to listen to this and be like, "He's fucking talking about Jolly Pirate Donuts. He mentioned the <laughs> White Way Laundromat. What the fuck?" I knew. <laughs> I love how this is all thing. Like, this is great. It's great that you did. I don't know. I don't know. I think it's amazing. You're like, uh, you guys, the two of you guys. I don't know. <laughs> I think it's the three of us guys. Yeah. Nah, 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 nah. Well, the nah, thing nah. is, the thing that I like is that there's definitely uh, growing universes in these mm-hmm. three stories, and I, I quite, I really do like that. I really, I like the lore of things. Um, so I'm just, I'm down for. I'm invested as uh, a listener. As well as a down to clown, yeah, exactly. down to clown. Why I'm, I I'm invested find... as a listener too. For it's sure. weird, is it? Like, I, d- yeah, I know yeah. it's, you know, you are, but I thought it would be kind of. I don't didn't think oh, this is going to sound awful, and I don't mean it like this. But I didn't think I would be invested as much in all three of our stories. I thought it would be like I didn't think it would naturally become like this. This you these three yeah, I, universes. I, we thought you were going to suck too, Rich. <laughs> No, I know it, it's it's like any uh, it's like any like Netflix show that mm. you no one's hyping, right? Yeah. Like yeah. we're like hyped on our own show because for us, and that's part of the point. Mm. For us, it's a it, I'm listening to you guys mm. like do a podcast when you guys are doing your stories, <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah, yeah pretty exactly. much. We're we're the three biggest fans of our own yeah. podcast. Yeah, and that's how it should be. If you're not enthusiastic yeah. about the stuff that you do, then you shouldn't do it, right? That's true. Hell yeah. What? That's why I I don't I'm not gonna live anymore. <laughs> oh, no. What's what gonna happen? What I always find kidding. is weird as well is that I know we could easily attribute it to having the same prompt, but weird yeah. stuff shows up across all three stories. Like there was Busker. a couple of stuff yep. with tentacles and accordions mm-hmm. both showed up in two stories. Yep. Yep. There's like yep. mazes and uh, like creepy possessions, like uh-huh. or you know like bargains. It's all sort of like, and we do this every week. I don't know that we're sharing a, a consciousness or a brain or something. It's really weird. Baby Ruth bars. <laughs> we what? All three. <laughs> when did the? Are we? Are you getting paid for by Baby Ruth today? <laughs> this episode brought to you by, at least for me, Baby Ruth. <laughs> I've never had the a worst one. candy out of the snack pack that you get for Halloween and trick or treaters. I would like everybody to know that every story I ever write is in the same continuity and world. Mm-hmm. So uh, 
it'll seem even more outlandish when I start writing stories about the Frankenstein's monster in modern day being a detective. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> Why wouldn't he be? What other job are you going to get? Find yeah. clue. <laughs> Inspector Franken. I think that that happens a lot, um... Rich, like you were saying with the the coincidences, mm-hmm. like I don't think they're coincidences. I think obviously we are friends, mm-hmm. uh, so that's part of it. But this happened a lot, like during that other podcast mm-hmm. I did too. It just seems to be a thing. Yeah. I don't know. You just tune in, don't you? Like, and we yeah. we talk throughout the week, so we're probably influencing each other in the. Well, we're really style. we're really good about not. I think once I said I wrote this, and I like shared it to you and jeff yeah, we but. don't we don't share actual parts of the writing or like no. parts of the story or anything we're mostly just like hyping each other up about it being like oh yeah, yeah i love this part or like or we're like it's Harry two in the Potter. morning <laughs> oh, we did a lot of that. <laughs> i woke up this morning and i was like what the fuck have these two been doing all night <laughs> We've been endlessly making fun of how rich Harry Potter is and how all of his poor-ass friends just have to live yeah. being fucking shitty poros around that, him. That's a you problem, Hermione. Mm. <laughs> but that's... That, I imagine. Books. I imagine that's how she is. That, oh, how, yeah. Uh, yeah, she, yeah, she, yeah. Classist as fuck, for yeah. sure. Yeah. Yep. Oh, man. <laughs> I... Uh, like, we almost made it an episode without dunking on J.K. Rowling. No, so I'm glad we never, got that in at the never. end. Well, we got we got to do cops. We got to do J.K. Rowling yeah, yeah. and what else? I think uh, those are our two biggest. Those are targets. our two biggest. Yeah, yeah. Okay. They're the biggest ones. And some Just sort authority of authority uh, in general. And some sort yeah. of anti-British element. Oh, uh, baby oh, yeah. boomers! Well, We've got to get yeah. one. Oh, boomers! Yeah, boomers! Yeah, yeah. It's the other one. Um, but yeah, the British. Yeah, fuck yeah, them. yeah. I agree. <laughs> Also, fuck Americans. Yeah. 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 Uh, let me bring up the uh, prompt sheet. Wheel of morality. Turn, turn, turn. Uh, Tell us the okay. lesson that we should we learn. We should learn. <laughs> That's how we do it. We have a wheel. <laughs> Masks. That's okay. not a bad one. Ah, that's, that's, that's pretty bad. good. We can all get... I was worried that there's, there's a couple on here that are like very genre uh specific let's just say oh yeah sometimes people are like fucking orc swords and i'm like what <laughs> how am i supposed to do that <laughs> what the fuck does that mean uh second one do, 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 do. autopsies what <laughs> okay i don't know how i'm gonna fit that one in and that I'm a scary one, guy that one was submitted by jeffrey dharma <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. I don't. He's, I don't know who he's it is. He's a big uh, fan of the show. He is. He is. Uh, I have stopped recording names uh, because I'm an idiot. Uh, Yay! When, I'm rich. When uh, when we do the Patreon, we'll wa- I'll wipe this whole list um, and yeah. then restart, uh, and then I'll make I, sure I think, that everyone I think gets by the time we by the time we record again, we will have an, a Patreon. Yeah. If not, Sweet. by the time this episode comes out. Yeah. And then, what? Yeah, I think we've sorted it now. We've sorted out some tiers and stuff. Well, we sort of half sorted them out, but we'll do them in the meantime. We've has, half-assed it per usual. Yeah, yeah, we'll do it. Damn, and I then, love it. Um, and then we'll start populating the list again. Because now you guys have got a, a feel for the show. Like some of the originals might not fit, or you you, you realise that we've picked frogs, so we might not want toads, newts, and salamanders. 
Um, what in the fuck is the difference? You were so funny. <laughs> we're like, oh, I don't want to do frogs again. They're like, haha, toad salamanders. What about toads? <laughs> um, what although, about although everyone has said that uh, the frog episode was one of the best. Um, and we were I mean, all they got to it. listen to a rat shoot a gun. That's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> I, I um, do think that Josh's story won that day. Yeah. I think that was. Yeah. I don't think so. Do, That's I my do. least favorite story I've ever written, ever. But did I did I tell you guys that uh, my wife said that the best show, the best uh, joke that we've told on the podcast was the cat having socks and being called socks. Yeah, she. I yeah. think she said something along the lines of she nearly had to pull over the car when she was dr- driving because she was <laughs> laughing so much. That's so, the yeah. genius of Josh Henderson. Uh, I mean, yeah, it's something. Yeah, <laughs> it's something. <laughs> Yeah. So my wife. And then you said that I won your wife. Yeah, my I'm wife loves you best night. now. So that's cool. Yeah. I got that going for me. Yeah. I love to hear for. I love to ask the question like, "What was your favorite story?" To people because everybody picks a different one. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And I well, love that. Well, like, I couldn't pick one honestly. I think they're all too different. They're all too different and yet same, oddly similar as apples well. Apples and oranges and bananas. Yeah. I like peaches. Everyone likes a peach. That's not on the menu. <laughs> I could eat a peach for hours. We could eat, eat a, a peach, peach for hours. two and a half hours. <laughs> uh, so, on that note, we're all gonna we're gonna close the cover again on this week's compilation. Big thanks to Vidizen for you. It, you know what? I always say that, and you always do that. I have to. It's, it's just a thing now. Um, yeah. Big uh, thanks to Vidizen for the use of his music, specifically created for our theme tune. Uh, we love you, buddy, as always. Love you're, you, Vidizen. You're a good guy. Um, and you can follow him on Twitter at, at underscore Vidizen underscore. You can find out all about his work there. We will forever tell you about it because he's just that great. Um, yep. Jeff, I'll start with you. What do you want to tell our listeners? Nice things, please, about... Uh, oh. your work. <laughs> don't, don't, don't alienate our our, our fan base. Okay. Anyway, you guys, ready to get, you guys ready to get red pilled? <laughs> nah, I'm kidding. Uh, you can uh, follow me on Twitter at underscore Jeff Pennington. Uh, you can find my art online at uh, jeffpennington.art and uh, all the links and everything to everything else you'll ever need is there. Um, I do a podcast with Josh called M-Class Podcast where we do um, walk-through and reviews of episodes of Star Trek. And mm-hmm. we have a Patreon for that as well. Give us money. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Money, mm-hmm. please. Also, I do this podcast called Bros Before Pros. You should check out. It's really yeah. good. Yeah, oh, it's really that's good. a good one. It's good. If we do say so ourselves. Uh, mm-hmm. Josh, what about you? Yeah. Uh, you can find me at at Henderson1983 on the hellscape that is Twitter. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, uh, <laughs> I do a show called Continue on YouTube. I've been on for 25 years. <laughs> you should check it out. I believe it started uh, around the same time as MASH, if I'm yeah, not it's, mistaken. And weirdly enough, it's about the Korean War. So and basically, Nick, Nick, Paul, and Josh are like when they open the Ark of the Covenant at the end of uh, yeah. Indiana Jones now. <laughs> yeah, we're like dust, we're like dust boys. Um, and then I do, uh, like Jeff said, M-Class Podcast. I also do a podcast with uh, 
Kevin Cole and Nick and Paul called Pretend Friends, and it's a role-playing game where it's as ridiculous as my stories are here. So check it out. Yeah, it's back soon, isn't it? I guess. <laughs> that's a big that's a big old question mark Nobody tells me nothing. <laughs> Rich Masters, where can people find your stuff? Uh, you can follow me at, at MastersRich on Twitter. Uh, I don't post much because, as we all know, Twitter sucks. Suck uh, my dick, Twitter. <laughs> I you, like Twitter. Ugh. <laughs> ugh. Um, I'm lying. You can, <laughs> you can see some of my stories at boldlyprose.com. I write Star Trek fan fiction. Uh, I haven't uploaded for a little while because I'm lazy, uh, but I will get some of the stories up soon. You have a full-time job. And you're I on two do. Po- you do three podcasts. I do. Yeah. And I, yeah, yeah. It and is, you have a kid and, I have and a, a kid. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, all right, okay, yeah, that does make me feel slightly better. Um, I do a, a, a podcast with my really good friend Spivzy about cartoons called Toon Hounds, and you can find us at Toon Hounds. We did a Batman the Animated Series 30th Anniversary Special. Uh, oh, man. Which is great. We talked about Heart of Ice. Of course, we talked about Heart of Ice. Oh, classic. Mr. Freeze. Yeah. And I also talked about the one, you know, the one where uh, Clayface makes a little girl. That's the best oh, one. Oh, it's yeah. so horrible. It's heartbreaking. That's um, the best one. And the I, best. I'm a did big Catwoman? Fan. Did Batman go down on Catwoman in the one no, he illegal. launched? No, no, he never does I, that apparently because he's a square. I'm a huge, I'm a huge fan of the episode Robin's Reckoning. Oh, that's so well. great. When we Robin's like, that. I found out who killed my parents. Time to fucking kill them. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Tony Zuko. Tony Zuko. Um, and then I do a drama comedy that is fully scripted called At Upon on Subspace and you can find that uh, it's not called that that's where you'd find it on Twitter uh, it's called Tapon's Theatre on Subspace if you like the stories I do here you're gonna like those as well so you can head on over to ttos.call and find out more about it there um, if you're a listener and you want to suggest prompts you've not got much time to do it and in fact no don't bother wait for the Patreon because <laughs> because Damn. by the time this one comes out or the next one, we're not going to listen to that. So <laughs> we're not so going to listen. We're not going to listen to you, fucking uh, Ron Weasley ass poros. Um, we got it. We got goblin uh, gold hip. now. Yeah, there he goes. Don't look into how racist that is or anything. We're, uh, yeah, right. Dragons hoarding gold. Uh, so you know, only the only the only the rich get in, like in real life. Um, yep, that's right. Yeah, if you are enjoying the show, let us know. Rate the show uh, on whatever podcast platform you listen to. Give us a review. Tell us you like it on Twitter. Uh, don't don't be one of these people who likes things but doesn't comment or comments but doesn't like. I don't understand that. I don't like it. <laughs> You're pissing my boy off. I don't like hearing That's it. as mad as a British person will get. If you're going to comment, like the post. Share it around. Just the mm-hmm. retweet button's right next to it. It's right there. It helps. It does. It just helps. Um, tell someone. If you're, if you're like, literally, if you pass someone on a bench and you're listening to Bros Before Pros, you should say to them, listen, person who's maybe homeless, listen to Bros Before Pros. <laughs> they won't. But this is a bad pitch. You're doing a bad job, oh, Rich. Okay. Uh, we do have a new review that I would like to highlight. Hey. Oh, fuck yeah. It's from Average Fantasy Enjoyer, and it's entitled Highly Enjoyable. 
and oh, the review oh, states, <laughs> refer to title. Five stars. <laughs> oh, How wow. official. That is we literally gets. have 28 ratings. All of them are five stars. That's amazing. That is great. Thank Just you. keep rating and review us. It helps, man. Yeah. Uh, we, we, got, we got a brand new uh, visual style and everything as well. So oh, we, yeah. I'm, we're presentable as a podcast now. I'm not ashamed. So please <laughs> uh, send the podcast to your friends, uh, neighbors, uh, yeah. enemies. Yeah. Yeah, before we were a podcast that was standing at a urinal with its pants around its ankles. But now... <laughs> We've nobody learned. We've learned to pull them up. Tuck yeah, we, the ass nobody in. knows. We've learned what a zipper is for. Um, <laughs> yeah, but we we uh, we like to joke around with uh, the listeners and and be dicks to them. But uh, genuinely, we are really grateful yeah, for everything you. that you do in terms yeah, we of love reviews. You guys. Like getting a thousand listens on the first episode was a really big deal, and it's you know it's stuff like that that keeps us going, and the Patreon will Hell keep yeah. us going even more. Yeah, keep us going to the strip club. I'm going to guess, and this is a this is a hypothesis that it's going to be patreon.com/bros before pros. Oh, I mean, that is a pretty good guess. I'm going to guess. If, if I'm not, not going to spend but, all my cut on giggle dirt. Oh, yeah. This dude I'm gonna loves g- giggle dirt. What, what was the other one? I'm going to get the werewolf heroin. Werewolf wolf heroin. Wolf heroin. <laughs> thank you everyone Uh, we'll be back in two weeks Uh, we love you all Bye. bye 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 bye